Hey everybody, it's uh, Isaac, your host uh, with Snacking with Isaac. We're just here to sit back and talk um, with the one and the only uh, Clayton Graham. Uh, this is episode 10, I believe. Wow, we've come so far. In this episode, we're just going to talk about um, a lot of biblical stuff, um, some man stuff. We're, th- that's the goal anyway, defining what manhood is and then also like the two uh, worldview perspectives. So what does culture say? And then what is the biblical um, worldview on that as well? And then, you know, there's some rabbit trails and stuff, but, you know, that's basically what it's going to be. Hope you enjoy. Sit back and get ready for episode number 10. Thank you. Uh, so this is, we're, we're going for it. All right. Welcome. Uh, sorry, it's been like five, almost six months, but we're back and I'm trying to bring the energy today because of what uh, <laughs> we are going to be consuming today for our snack. Uh, I say R because I'm not alone again. <laughs> so um, I'm here with one of my good friends from work. Uh, coworker, friend, whatever you want to say. He's a friend. Sure, sure. I think we've established that. Yeah. Um, so if you want to just introduce yourself really quickly and then we'll, you know, dive into the snacks and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So name, I don't know, maybe a little bit of history, you know, let the listeners know who you are um, because, again... So most of my listeners are from Fort Wayne, so yeah. they're like, who's this? And uh, yeah, yeah, so go ahead. Absolutely. Um, so Clayton Graham. Um, Welcome, I'm, by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, my Glad pleasure. to be here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I work at Chick-fil-A with Isaac. Um, I'm originally from South Florida, a town called Jupiter. Um, it is very hot there. Um, and yeah, I've um, been married for uh, almost 10 years, 10 years in March. Um, we have three kids. A five-year-old Benjamin, um, a three-year-old Elliot, and a four-month-old Judah, um, and so my house is full of energy, and um, my wife and I are constantly tired because we're in the young young kid phase. Um, yeah, a little bit about me. Um, <clears throat> grew up uh, in South Florida, like I mentioned. Neither of my parents were believers, but they both kind of came from a religious background. Um, and so I, I often like to make the joke that um, I was a PK, a pagan's kid. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I totally stole that joke from somebody else, but it fit my life. So, hey, why not? Um, yeah, uh, so really didn't have a lot of like experience growing up in the church. Um, visited a few times, but never on my own, uh, choosing. And I mean, we were, we weren't even like Christmas and Easter only. We were just never go. Um, and so I never actually stepped foot in a church on my own choosing. Um, basically until I was about 17 years old. So I very little like Bible religious background. I always had this sense that there was like a God, but it was kind of like, cool. He put everything into motion, very kind of deistic idea. Like, put everything in motion, step back, and he's not really personally involved um, in my life. And so, Lord save me, uh, my senior year of high school, or going into my senior year of high school, uh, met my wife uh, at the time. She was just a really great person. Uh, started a friendship, and then I was like, hey, I think I can marry this girl. Um, we got married uh, f- like two years later, um, so about a year and a half out of high school. Moved up here to Louisville, Kentucky to go to Boyce College because I felt a calling to ministry. And then, um, yeah, picked up a job at Chick-fil-A as kind of like 
a second job in the summer to make ends meet. Um, I was working at UPS at the time and uh, quickly realized that I would enjoy my life more if I worked at a place that I enjoyed being at. So uh, by the end of that summer, I quit UPS and went full-time at Chick-fil-A or close to. Um, finished boys college and uh, continued and got a master's at Southern Seminary. Um, and I'm using it at Chick-fil-A. The Lord has me there still. Hey, so. The more I work at Chick-fil-A, the more I realize that maybe my degree is meant for that. Now, <laughs> let's slow down. I'm not yeah. making any promises or anything, but uh, it is kind of funny how like you start doing school and then like um, you're like, oh, I'm using a lot of the things that I learned in school mm. at my job which I never even really thought about, you know, doing like, yeah. I, I just didn't see that how that would apply to Chick-fil-A. And um, yeah. so it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I love um, that. I love that. That's, that's a lot of my story as well. Like again, just picked up Chick-fil-A as a job. It's like, Hey, this is a place I enjoy to be great people. It'll help me pay through school, you know? Um, and that'll be it. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. That was all I was thinking. And like, Hey, if I can move up and you know, make more money. Cool. Um, but there was a point in my life, uh, it was right around the time I was finishing boys. We were, Kristen was pregnant. My wife's name uh, is Kristen, by the way. I don't know if I introduced her earlier. Um, she was pregnant with Benjamin. And um, the Lord just provided an opportunity to step into management at that time. And it was around that time that a Lord, the Lord did a lot of like work in my heart, um, particularly in how I view work mm-hmm. um, and how I view what it means to be a biblical man, which hopefully we're going to talk more about oh, later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't even say the topic yet. I was like... That's all right. I keep them in suspense. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing... We're not talking about anything. Other yeah. We're just hanging out. It's just yeah. a secret. That's right. Um, yeah. So the Lord did a work in my heart around that time. And what you said was a lot of what I'm looking back, like what he was teaching me, like... I started to realize like a lot of the things I was learning in school, man, like Chick-fil-A became, especially in a leadership position, um, it almost became like a lab. You know what I'm saying? Like you get to practice the things oh, yeah. that you're, you're, you're learning. Um, and <clears throat> one of the pastors at my church, he's really big on like practical skills and like, you know, seminary Bible college is fantastic at teaching you how to read and understand the Bible. And that's what it's for. Right. But one of the things that, um, you know, I think every pastor would say, at least I've heard frequently is, man, I just wish I had more experience leading people before stepping mm-hmm. into this role. Oh yeah. Um, and he, he has said that himself, but even, uh, you know, he'll kind of tongue in cheek say like, most pastors aren't going to get fired for failing to parse a verb properly. They're going <laughs> to fail because of some leadership decision they make. And you know, I mean, Hey, like that's probably true to some degree. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I so in that in my journey, um, you know, I I see Chick Fil A as kind of like I still have aspirations for ministry at some point. Um, when that is, Lord knows, not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like he in this season, I see that as preparation of like how do I learn leadership? How do I make mistakes where maybe the stakes aren't as significant or eternal <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean they are significant but that's mm-hmm. a whole different topic yeah. that we could talk about forever For sure. uh, next episode maybe uh, yeah, that's right uh yeah yeah that's a good introduction i when you were uh talking about your kids i was thinking about when we originally scheduled this for yeah so like uh this has been planned out before but because of that um 
new child yes. that got pushed back. So <laughs> that's right. That's one of the things. And then I like, I don't know. Yes. Everything just kept kind of getting pushed back from there. Yeah. For, for Isaac's listeners who have been hounding him for another episode, it's not Isaac's fault. It's my fault. I, I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> your fault. I think there is a part of me where it's just like, I'm way too busy to do this right now. Mm. Uh, yeah, but no, those are all good things. I'm glad that you've come on to this uh, podcast episode. So now we're going to get into the snack. It's not necessarily food, although mm. I did promise eggs and bacon, but I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, maybe a different time. Maybe um, next time. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about Chick-fil-A. Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, we have gotten... Well, you should talk about it since mm. you know a little bit more about it. Yeah. Um, I I just started trying it, so I will talk about like my experience with it so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just describe it. Yeah, I mean, so if anybody knows me, like I am not an energy drink person. And like, I am, obviously. And Isaac clearly is, um, if you've met Isaac or know Isaac. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm just not big into that. Part of it is just like, the, for me, the the thing is like, yeah, it gets my heart rate going, whatever, it gives me a caffeine boost, but Good. like the chemical side of it, you know, like just always kind of freaked me out a little bit. I don't know. I don't um, have any like yeah. well, caution to that. <laughs> I'm just like, it makes me feel good. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on going. Yeah. Well, I always felt that way. And then even more so once I started having kids <laughs> and, and it was like, okay, I got to like make sure like I'm taking care of myself. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It just it did something to me. I'm like, yeah, I should probably think more about this. Um, but yeah, so one of, one of the guys that um, I I listen to for leadership uh, content is Jocko uh, Jocko Willink, retired Navy SEAL. And uh, if you guys are familiar with him, you know this a lot of great stuff. Highly recommend him. Um, but he has his own like brand of nutrition, and he's very like big on like clean ingredients and. Um, you know, eating right, good nutrition, discipline, not, not eating junk food, not putting bad things into your body. Um, and so he created his own like product line cause he just wanted to have good stuff that tasted good and, uh, was good for you. And so I started with just like some protein powder cause I was like, man, I just, I can't find one I like. And, you know, I just, my, my list was not very complicated. It was like, I just wanted to taste good. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to be like chalky and I want it to like mix well and not be like clumpy. I, and like yeah. it checked all the boxes 100% and, and clean ingredients, of course. Like, and so like, you know, I, I ran it by my wife cause she's usually more knowledgeable on those, like, you know, what's good, what's not. And she was like, this stuff looks good. Like there's nothing in here that's alarming. So I tried this protein. I was like, man, this stuff is good. Well, then I started recently seeing that he had energy drinks, and I was like, you know, I am probably in the most tired season of my life up to this point. I'm not saying it won't change or get worse, but I'm, you know, being a parent's exhausting. Um, yeah. Shout out to all you young parents out there. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm not big on energy drinks, and I went to a, an event recently, and I saw that they had some of these, uh, yeah. Jock, they're calling them Go- Jocko Goes. Yeah, that's um, what I refer to them, and everyone's yeah. just like, the powder? And I was like, no, no this is a drink. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the canned version yeah. of the powder. Hey. And um, so, yeah, I saw those, and I was like, man, I'll, I'll just try one. And, uh, yeah, that was my first experience, really, with any kind of energy drink. So I've had a couple since then, but yeah. I've only had one flavor, so I'm looking forward to the two that we have here. I have not tried them yet. Uh, yeah, so as as he said, I am a major caffeine drinker, consumer uh, extraordinaire. I don't know. Um, however, I've slowed down a Savant. lot. Um, I <laughs> you basically, have. I'm proud of you. Uh, thank you. Uh, although this past week, I have like dipped my toe back into the water, but you know, I'm mm. I'm making my way back out. That's right. 
Uh, the biggest reason I usually drink energy drinks is because I do like carbonation and I like the taste. Mm-hmm. Those are the two biggest factors for me. Um, and so when I'm trying to eat better, I'm trying not to do soda. Mm-hmm. And so what is like the natural like response? You need something carbonated and seltzer water does not do it for me. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. Like I've tried it. I've tried it almost every brand. I'm like, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. It tastes gross. So I'm just not going to put it in my body. Have you seen those like memes of like a LaCroix? It's like, it's like someone whispering like, <laughs> yeah. Bingo. yeah, from the other room. They just something. like cut, cut a mango over yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was just like, I'm just not going to do it. Um, and so I turned to energy drinks in the time of need of trying to find something mm-hmm. other than soda uh, for weight purposes, obviously. Uh, and then it just kind of got worse from there because obviously, like, you don't want to consume a ton of mm-hmm. caffeine um, because it's bad, it's bad for you. For you. <laughs> uh, but then also, like, you mentioned, like, the chemicals, a lot of, like, the ones that you would typically drink, like, Monster and stuff, mm-hmm. either have a ton of chemicals if you're drinking, like, the diet ones or, like, even if you're drinking the regular ones are, like, chock full of sugar. Yeah. So it's not really a healthy alternative. So I've tried to step away from that. And it's just hard because, like, the taste is such a big factor for me. Mm-hmm. So stepping to something that's better uh, tasting than what uh, like original monster is mm-hmm. really, really hard for me to yeah. do. Yeah, so they're meant to be like this really sweet, like awesome, like drink. Yeah, so that you'll want it. Ex- exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, so I've tried the one. Uh, it's called Orange Afterburner or yeah. Afterburner Orange. Yeah. Um, there, there are kind of like again a couple things. So you got taste. You've got. Um, I mean carbonation but then also like the after effects are like really big to me as well Mm. so like usually if you drink like a monster or even like uh, something stronger like a rain with like 300 milligrams of caffeine which is pushing the bar probably (laughs) especially when you have a couple a day Mm -hmm. um the the crash is usually the thing that i don't like the crash but then also like when you step out of it you have like that caffeine headache migraine heart palpitations going so, on. Yeah, we don't want that. So when I tried that, this is what I, those are the types of things that I was like evaluating. evaluating. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll let you, let's, let's have you try yeah. the orange afterburner and then I'll talk about my thoughts with that one. Yeah. And then, um, we'll go to the mango. Yeah. We'll go to the right, mango, which right. I, I, I have high hopes for because yeah. it's mango. Yeah. So mayhem. one, yeah. One of the things I love about this that they changed on their like marketing is like, they have like, these clever names for them now and they're all based off of people so yeah. Jocko started a company um leadership consultant company and all these drinks are like these people that work with him their favorite flavor and yeah. and they've branded it that way and so like i'm i have i re- i'm not usually a big orange person oh i am but oh i really hope this is good because one if you know me top gun is near and dear to my life and this is the flavor that uh, a former Top Gun pilot and instructor chose, hence Afterburner Orange. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of hoping. I'm, uh, here's the hoping, right? You know? So yeah, okay, yeah. here we yeah, go. Yeah, you're good. Oh, that was... I saw it on the little thing. And nice. Like, yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> that was so good. Really, you liked it? I don't have I don't have much problems, man. I have low bar. Okay, so 
this is also older information like last <laughs> week, but when I first tried it, my it, it's sweetened with something that yes. you don't usually get a taste for. Mm-hmm. So like my experience with it was the first one was terrible. Mm. I did not like it. Mm-hmm. When I was like, I spent $30 mm-hmm. on a 12 pack of these. Like, <laughs> I'm going to drink them because I spent the money, yeah. but like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I get this again. But then as that was like the only thing that I was drinking besides like black coffee, yep, uh, which is not good either. <laughs> um, I, it slowly like grew on me. So mm. I think like you kind of like just have to make the change over. So yes. like, I would say acquired taste. I hate when people say that because I'm just mm-hmm. like, it's your palate. Your palate is so used to like all these very sugary things. Yeah. And so when you like almost like detox yourself from those things, you actually realize that like you don't need as much sugar as uh-huh. most of these things. Have. Well, and like it, I think also just what it's sweetened with like mm-hmm. the natural like it's like monk fruit or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So that that's one of the things I like about Jocko's products too. Uh, you're mentioning this. We're we're diving in on this one. Like you mentioned the sugar like the crash and the high sugar content like there's it's zero sugar and it's sweetened with monk fruit which is you know sugar alternative yeah yeah um so like as i was drinking it i i slowly like my taste buds sifted over mm-hmm. to like okay this is yeah. actually good i, can and see I that. enjoyed it i can see that um and the the other thing was like the crash so mm-hmm. it says no crash and a lot of energy drinks say that i was like okay yeah. all right we'll see mm-hmm. Um, it operates on, on like the 90 milligram range, mm-hmm. which is like a 20 ounce soda, if you mm-hmm. didn't know. Um, and so really it didn't have a crash for me. Like mm-hmm. I would drink one like every two days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, usually for a caffeine headache to set in, it's yeah. going to be like one day or something. So yeah. like I was like testing to see, okay, am I going to get a migraine or not? Yeah. Didn't get one. Hey, so right. like. I slowly was like, okay, this is better for me. It's just more of like, I got to put it in the budget now. We should, we should, we should contact them and just say tested and proven, no crash, uh, no, no caffeine addiction or something on there. I don't know. Cause you know, all these lines are like, you know, not FDA approved Uh or whatever. Cause it's their own brand. I thought these were, maybe these are, I thought maybe it's like the protein stuff. You know, that's usually where where it says like, Hey, these are a dietary supplement, not approved by the FDA. But this one actually probably is cause it's, you know mass marketed i don't know oh I thought it's I... got an asterisk here in the bottom it says these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent disease and it's all like the you know <laughs> increased focus balanced energy supports memory those are just you know my favorite yeah my favorite one my favorite can is the rain it says like increased concentration no fatigue and then something else and i'm always like no fatigue or whatever yeah, yeah. um so now you've tried that one yeah do you need to cleanse your palate and i then, probably like, should you probably yeah. should because you know yeah so i, I do want to acknowledge that like i so you know you mentioned like he has the powders like kind of the same thing like I was using a different like pre-workout for a while that was mm-hmm. um, on the sweeter side. Okay, I'll say it, it's still kind of clean, clean ingredients as much as I could, right? You, know, you, you always sacrifice something with those things, but I switched over to one of those, uh, like the the powder that he has, and it's kind of the same thing you mentioned. Like the, my first, like <laughs> my first go at it, I was like, I don't think I can finish <laughs> this canister because, like, dude, it was. And then, like, after a week, I was like, I actually kind of like this. Now. Yeah. Like, 
I guess I just adjusted. I don't know. Because, so, you know, I had the same determinations. I like, I bought this thing. I'm going I'm to get every penny out of it. Oh, yeah. I'm not just throwing it away. Yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this one tastes better than that one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was good, but I really like orange stuff. And it just had, like, more of a, not like an overbearing orange flavor, mm-hmm. which is what I like because, I don't know, citrusy like, stuff like is punch. so like good. I love lemons. I love limes. Mm. Oranges are so good as well. So this next one I haven't tried yet, so we're gonna get like a little bit more probably. Um, it's b- passion fruit plus mango, mm. but it's called may- mango mm-hmm. mayhem. So compliments of Echo Jar. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that one's a lot better. Much sweeter too. I At least like it tastes that, that way. Uh, yeah, that's dangerous. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this one obviously is more sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little less. I don't know. I don't. I don't. It's not. It doesn't feel as carbonated. Maybe the orange. I don't know. For me, the orange kind of brought out more of the carbonation. I yeah. I'm trying to remember. It kind of. It just. It does taste just better, and that's less like. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how to describe it quite yet. And that might be the you know flavor profile choices. I. I don't know. What do you Mango think so man. far? I think it's pretty good. I like it better than the afterburner. I do too. I, I, I don't know. It delivers a lot more of what mm-hmm. I think an energy drink should taste like. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more familiar. Um, the like monk fruit like sweetener isn't as overbearing as mm-hmm. it is in the other one. I think uh, that might be what it is. Mm-hmm. You get more of the fruit flavor rather than mm-hmm. the, the sweetener. And I'm a, yeah. I love fruit. So there you go. I like it. Uh, I would probably recommend that. I would. Um, yeah. I got these from Amazon Prime <clears throat> too. So there you go. Yeah, that's the, okay. That's the one disappointing thing about this is they're so stinking hard to find. Well, and like you, you can't to... even buy them off his website either. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, oh, you've got to find a supplier or yeah. whatever. And so like yeah. I was like looking on there because you mentioned you wanted them. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, we're we're gonna do it because you know why not? <laughs> uh, podcast budget, you know. Um, and so I was like looking and like there was a ton of places where it said it was available and mm-hmm. every time I would go there and look, I'm just like, I don't see it. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I don't that's know. I thing. looked really it's, hard. It's pretty new, so I feel like he's he, you know, th- that's a that's a strategy for him. Is like go find a supplier, go tell somebody you want it, and oh, then maybe yeah. they'll order it, you know, kind of thing. So, that, yeah, I guess that's my might, might be how it works. Yeah, yeah. I watched a video and they tried all of them, mm-hmm. and they said the afterburner orange was the worst one. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I got high hopes then because it was it was like again, I'm not saying like oh man, like that was so good. I want to have it all the time. Like that mango one. Though. Yeah. My problem is is like. I'll probably just 12 packs are so hard for me because I'm mm. just like I can I could drink that in a full week mm-hmm. and I'd be gone yeah so gotta have that discipline yeah yeah <laughs> so anyways now that we've tried that and we've talked about that a little bit uh we're gonna go on to our topic today uh-huh. which we've been marinating on for you <laughs> four know months yeah four months now <laughs> it's no problem <laughs> I can. I mean, I'm like flexible. I just so want to state a, a disclaimer: four months does not improve the quality of the content <laughs> necessarily. Thanks, yeah. Well, I mean, you're getting me. Like, it's always a mixed bag when you see my name attached to something. Mm. You just don't know. Um, uh, so we're talking about something that's very interesting, and it kind of like it's been something I want to talk about ever since I. I don't know if you do like Daily Wire or whatever. But ever since I like watched the "What Is a Woman" thing, mm. it like was like okay, well then, you know, there's a flip side of that. You know, what what does it mean to like be a man and stuff? And so yeah. that's kind of what we're gonna talk about. Um, 
I kind of wanted to talk about like two different worldviews because obviously you have like a secular worldview and then you have what you know you should be as a Christian. So obviously first we would talk more about the secular side. You know, what do we see today? Um, you know, what seems to be like the typical like this is what a man is type thing. Um, and then like maybe... I don't know. We could also talk about what it lacks as well. I mean, we can talk more about that as well in the Christian worldviews or qualities um, when we're kind of discussing what we think it should be yeah. or what it should look like. Um, yeah. So I guess the the biggest question here is more of like, you know, what is the secular, secular worldview? I can't even talk. And then like, you know, uh, what are some good things? What are some bad things? Uh, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So just to open up that. Yeah. That's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's such a hard thing in, in the sense that like you could take that in a lot of different directions. Oh, Cause yeah. you know, even within our larger culture there, like we represent a small portion of the world, um, that has, you know, maybe some different cultural values Very much so. and then even, but even within that we have like smaller sub subcultures of those things. And, you know, like the, the groups that we run in are probably a little different than some other oh, groups. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. So just like, um, yeah, try, I guess like we'll just kind of start broad and point out some, maybe some distinctives of some of these other, other cultural groups. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, <clears throat> generally speaking, um, we're, we're seeing kind of a, a, a big like cultural shift in like, um, masculinity in general mm-hmm. is kind of looked down upon. Yeah. Um, like this take charge type, like mm-hmm. I am the head of this mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know, household workplace, you know, all of that. Yeah. 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 More, more of the traditional like Judeo Christian value type idea, like that's being pushed up against. Um, and, I would say even maybe discouraged, um, oh, and, and depending on the, group, I feel but, discouraged. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, that that's part of um, I think what our culture is shifting towards is like we're we're moving away from kind of these cultural uh, Christian values, and we're we're more in a post Christian um, world. And you know, worldview is not my strong suit necessarily. If you want to listen to that, and listen to someone like you know Moeller on. You know, <laughs> The yeah. briefing or I'll something. I'll have him on next. Yeah, so yeah I'll we'll, we'll, call him up. we'll call him up. Um, I mean, hey, this thing actually can do Bluetooth calls, so that's hey, all I'm gonna say. Oh man, if we would need to phone a friend, yeah, that was that option. Yeah. Man, <laughs> um, sorry, I, my mind again, just went to like, again, what would like, that be like if Mueller was in this like in this conversation? I would just well, be like, he would I dominate. Would just listen. It, yeah, but... like he's got way more smart things to say. Um, anyways, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think there is a, a shift away from that. And so just like in terms of what we see um, in the world, I think there's a lot of just like um, it wouldn't be stated this way. But I think if you drill down and look at it, it really is a sense of like there is a push away from responsibility. There's a push away from um, seeing men be like you mentioned leaders or stepping up and taking responsibility for different areas in society that are typically, you know, like historically speaking, um, more of a, um, like reflecting masculine leadership. Um, and that's not that there, you know, we can get into a whole conversation Mm -hmm. about that, but, um, that's not to say it's necessarily good, but I think behind that is just like that avoidance of responsibility. I think we're seeing that a lot. Um, I think with the dawn of like social media as well and just the internet, um, there's a lot of like 
keyboard warriors, you know, like people, people, uh, saying things online over text message, you know, that you would probably never say to another person face to face. And so, um, you know, it, it's kind of creating this dichotomy of this boldness, but you're not really bold because you're hiding behind something. And so there's this dichotomy of, you know, you're being this warrior champion for a certain cause or a thing or an idea. And at the same time, you're not actually, it doesn't cost you anything. There's no right. cost associated mm-hmm. with it. Um, Cause you can just go about your day and like, you're never going to see that person that you argued on Facebook with yeah. or whatever. There's know? no, there's no like responsibility. Like you said, there's no like, there's um, no repercussion. Yeah. There's no repercussion. Uh, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I think also that it starts inward as well. Mm. So it starts about like, what how i think the biggest thing that i've heard growing up is like how do you feel Mm. and you don't Mm -hmm. think about other people and i think that really um in a sense ruins some of that because now it's like oh it's just about me it's inward focus i don't feel like doing this i don't feel like taking responsibility for that i don't want to do that like i don't have to do that i can just stay at home um, and that kind of builds like up to now where we're at, like, okay, now you, you have like people that just work from home or mm-hmm. influencers and stuff like that on social media. Cause it's like, they can make money off of that and mm-hmm. be fine. Yeah. Or just, you know, live in like a little mobile home or something. That's right. And, Travel the country, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah it's again, it's not yeah. bad, but like, I think it's more like the people that just don't want to take any responsibility mm-hmm. at all. Uh, or at least like the men and stuff <laughs> as we can go back to yeah. Um, yeah back to that but again I think it starts inwardly and mm-hmm. then kind of like kind of exegesis itself mm-hmm. out and how you live your life yeah yeah and, and I think um, especially you know as we think about like so we talk about responsibility I think there's also a lot of like just blending of male and female like understanding um, obviously we see that a lot in the culture at large with just like the sexual revolution, transgenderism, all those types of things. Um, and so I think what that is doing is like, you know, that's coming from a place where like there is no distinction whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so now there's just like, okay, well there's a lot of confusion that's promoted because of that. And you know, something I tell my boys all the time is like, if you are to experience blessing, God's blessing on your life, you ought to live in a way that is in grain with how he has designed the world. Mm-hmm. You ought to live in a way that, you know, is in accordance with or um, exactly how he has designed things to work because he's made it. And so if we, you know, it's like using a hammer to try to screw a screwdriver in or, you know, screw into, into a piece of wood. Like it's not designed for that. Could you make it work? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I've tried it. I, it doesn't work. I was going to say, I'd, I'd pay to see someone try to be quite entertaining, but you get the idea like it's not designed for that and so therefore it's not going to lead to effectiveness and, and actually accomplishment of its intended purpose mm-hmm. um, and so kind of the same way god has designed and wired the world in a certain way when we live in in line with that it leads to human flourishing i know that's a kind of a buzzword in christian circles but like hey, it's a good word it's, it's true it's a good way to describe it like it leads to the flourishing of humanity mm-hmm. um you know we can get into the spiritual side of that but even just on a practical level people live the way that God has intended them, even if they're not believers, like God blesses that in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but going back to like the culture, um, I think the, the other piece of that is, um, from 
men they're they're it's weird like there there are way uh, several different ways in which people go about it but like there's a side of just like avoidance of responsibility and so that comes into like being lazy um you know not getting a job living in your mom's basement kind of stuff but there's also a sense of um and i think again this comes back to like um sexuality has been so uplifted in our society and our culture for so long that like um you view a lot of things especially men and women like they they men in particular are told that they have to like be uh kind of like a sexual conqueror in a sense like Mm -hmm. right like getting girls whatever um those types of things and like it becomes about like are you dominating you know are you are you the alpha male like and you know obviously yeah, (laughs) yeah right um and that has some negative repercussions as well and that's not how god designed things either mm-hmm. um and so like it, you know there's kind of ends of the spectrum or two sides of, of the road right two ditches that you can fall into um and yeah i, th- I think like our, you see different parts of our culture adopt and embrace some of those things i forget the guy's name but there was like a social media influencer uh recently who just like i mean he, he's known for um exploiting women for his own benefit and gaining like financial gain from that. Um, and then, you know, he just, he's like promoting this very like unhealthy and aggressive and almost like abusive, like type of masculinity. That's not, that's not biblical masculinity either. Mm -hmm. I'm this like dominating aggressive behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of it just comes from misinterpretation of words as well. So you think of like leader and stuff like that. I think people are just like, okay, you have to be Mm. domineering and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, leadership is a whole nother topic. And as Mm. as we know, but like one of those is like, I'm a domineering leader. I take control of everything Mm -hmm. and just like, you know, this is who I am. And I think like, um, it's just from a misinterpretation of, you know, what is good, like healthy leadership, obviously like Mm. you don't want to do that. Um, but then it, when it comes to sense of like, you know, what is a man of like, okay, now you don't want to be domineering. I think it's just, I don't know. It, um, I think you just see that a lot. Like you said, um, you know, we want to be the best in our respective fields as well. And so like when you're only looking out for yourself, you know, you're going to be more of like the, I'm perfect. You know, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's, it's that person over there. Yeah. Um, and I think you see that a lot as well, mm-hmm. um, especially in like secular, secular, I can't talk today, <laughs> uh, secular worldview is just like, you know, I'm going to promote, you know, what I do well mm-hmm. and make others look bad. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, if you weren't looking at it from a biblical standpoint like that, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. <laughs> How can I get ahead in life? Absolutely. Yeah. Like step on people. <laughs> so I, I had a question and then I just went away. So cool maybe this is our segue into you know hmm. the the better side of it you know yeah i, I would say it's better I, I yeah <laughs> okay Again, good, good, come good. back to living in the grain right um so that's kind of a little bit of like secular uh worldview i would say i mean there's still a lot you could say um i oh you could ask you know do you think there is anything that is done well hmm. in that yeah i think that we didn't be, address that yeah, yeah. I, I do yeah so I, I think that's a healthy way to look at it because that's not to say everything is bad. Right. Um, you know, I think there is some 
level of responsibility that men take. Um, you know, there is an expectation that fathers, you know, should be present in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're depending on you know where you're at. I think more in more conservative circles, maybe. Um, without saying any kind of religious background or anything, but just kind of more, you know, conservative leaning, like you, uh, you can see the sense of like, well, you gotta, you gotta put food on the table. You gotta provide for your family. Um, you know, you gotta raise them right. Like Mm -hmm. there, there are certain things like that. Um, you know, I think, um, in, in some circles, there's also a level of, um, like I, I so I guess I think of my father for example like, again he's not a believer, um, and there are a lot of things that I would do different in my home that were done in my home um, growing up, but one of the things um, I look back on is like my father was an incredibly hard worker and set a great precedent for um, hard work provision in the home. Um, doing things that needed to be done around the house um that you know other families might not have seen that um and you know like there there are a lot of things about my relationship with my father that i wish were better but looking back on those things like he set a great example of what it means to be a man who works hard provides Mm -hmm. for his family um and yeah, I think sometimes we can just overlook even the graces that God has given us, even in difficult circumstances. Um, so, you know, like my, my parents' marriage, for example, like ended in divorce. And so that even there was a point in my life where I could not have said a positive thing about really either of my parents. Um, and that was, you know, work that God did in my life, like part of my journey of becoming a Christian. Um, but looking back and being able to say those things, like that's a work of God in my life. Um, because yeah, like it's so easy to point out what's wrong. It's it, it, like my pastor said this on Sunday um, from the pulpit, but it's it's lazy. It's lazy to be critical. Mm-hmm. It's so easy because all you got to do is say, "Well, that's not right." Anybody can do that, um, but to to do the hard work of pointing out what is good, what is honorable, and and lifting those things up, that you know, that's the harder job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think like there is a sense of, um, in, you know, cause again, we're trying to be broad here. There are, uh, general understandings of like the family is good. Um, you know, men being present is, is good for society. Um, men being present in the lives of their children and good work ethics and provision. Um, you know, those are all good things. Teaching them, instructing them. Those are all good things. Um, you know, it, you could take that in a lot of different directions. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's a, a, a generally speaking, like that's a, a positive thing I see in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing to add to that, cause like uh, my dad is an extremely hard worker as well. Like I remember when I was younger, like seeing him leave at like five thirty in the morning and then, you know, not coming back until like, you know, eight or whatever at night. Like those are long days. Yeah. Are, that's like 12 hour days right there every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe like he's not the best communicator and stuff like that, but you know, you know, actions do speak louder than words. So seeing that every day has kind of promoted me to be like, okay, yes, I need to be a better communicator, but then, you know, there's also like the hard work aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there is like in a healthy way of like wanting to be like the best in, you know, your field as well, or like just, you know, trying to glorify God with everything you do. Mm -hmm. So you're doing everything to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, and just trying to do that in a godly way um, kind of promotes like, you know, hard work as well. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, I mean, you, again, you can speak about laziness. Um, what are you going to do about it though? Yeah. And it, it really comes down to that. You know, are you going to, are you going to, you see what's wrong? Are you going to fix it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to glorify God in what you do? You know, and it also changes your aspect on how you live your life as well. Like, uh, <laughs> I know we can talk about more personal stuff later, but like, I know personally, as I'm trying to like do things, um, you know, whether it's school work or even just like doing small things like reading or, you know, you know, I have to ask myself, you know, am I glorifying God in this aspect of my life? Am I doing the best that I can? If, if I'm not, then I need to do better. If not, or if I am, then okay, great. You know, yeah. (laughs) Not to play all my cards, but I don't know. (laughs) Those are some of the things I think about when Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about like, you know, what 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 is good out there in secular worldview and you know what is bad um there's there's there is good and like you said it's good to seek like or see and look to see what actually is good mm-hmm. but then you also have to think of it in, in your christian lens as well yeah so that's what we're gonna do <laughs> that's right and there's nothing wrong with this uh worldview by the way so mm-hmm. it's all right as that's long right. as you interpret it right that's right I don't really know where to start here. Mm. So we have Christian worldviews. So I guess we could start at the very, very beginning, you know. Um, Genesis. That's right. What better place to start? So I like like the Bible. As you should. Um, But I think, like, you get, like, your first... um, glimpse of what you know you should be as a man in in this obviously you see like the first people created but not just that you even back up to see you know uh you see throughout the bible like you are supposed to be like following god right and so what do you, what is the first thing that happens is that the creation right so it's like we're not just like in a, in a healthy way and not a heretical way obviously mm-hmm. that I, hopefully that's understood sure. i'm just gonna say it but like we see the thing that like God does, he creates and we're supposed to like not create, but we're supposed to like appreciate the things that he's created as Mm -hmm. well. And I think that's where it starts is like, okay, he's created everything. What is it? It's good. Mm -hmm. And, um, so appreciating what he's created for us is good. We need to do that. Yeah. And how do we do that through worship? Mm -hmm. And so then you kind of dive into, you know, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, so then you get into like, I don't know. Uh, Justice two is the first one that I have. Mm-hmm. I think we can um, back up a little bit more and just kind of start. What does it mean to be human? Yeah, and then get into masculinity sure. a little bit. Sure. Because um, I know, like, we have. Uh, yeah, it's a little it, out of order. It's a little out of order. I didn't okay. order it. That's I just my like, bad. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I, I should have um, done it. It's, it's, it's okay. no. But I, I think just starting. So you mentioned like creation. Obviously, we're in Genesis one here, um, and I think tw- verses twenty six. Um, through 31 really um, give you a picture of like what is God's intention for mankind Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know God has created um, in six days and then so there's so much happening in this Um, just and you're only given like 31 verses and you're like so much has happened yeah the first the first pages of the Bible are beautiful and if you want more resources on that one podcast I would highly recommend is the Bible project oh yes for sure phenomenal um they have a whole bunch of resources on this um but but again like you kind of see God's he in the first three days um you know he's 
creating space. And then in the second three days, he's filling those spaces. Um, and then on the seventh day, obviously he rests. Um, and there's so much poetry. There's so much like symmetry with these chapters, you know, in the first three days you have like three things plus one in the creation of the land and then vegetation sprouts. And then in the other, the, the second set of three days, it's three plus one in that he's filling all of these spaces, but then there's a special creature that's made and it's human. It's Adam. Um, that's the Hebrew word anyways. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's where we get Adam's name. But, you know, then, like, okay, he's done this. All the livestock has been created. God saw that it was good. And then here's the plus one in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over. And again, he just lists all the created beings that he created. Um, and then in verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female he created them so i think there is a sense in which like you know we have to appreciate that male and female together images god in a unique way um but that doesn't diminish that uh individual male and an individual female are also created in the image of god so you know obviously there's things going on here um that get explained later in the bible but you know at the very least we see that the being created in the image of god implies that we have dominion like he gives us purpose and shared responsibility of ruling over dominion is a is a kingly like you know royal type word Mm -hmm. um in the bible and so like god has set his image bearers in creation that he's just made as like the crown jewel of his creation and they're to rule with him how he would rule um, and have dominion over the created beings. And so, you know, God says, to, uh, he blesses them and he says to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion over. And again, he lists all the animals. So again, like you see that idea, there's a, a continued idea. Repetition in the Bible means it's important, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so again, there's this idea that like to be created in God's image is to have rule and reign over creation obviously understood rightly in the relation in context of relation to God. Um, and so, yeah, we see like there's dominion. We're to be fruitful. We're to multiply. We're to fill the earth. We're, we're to subdue it. Um, in man, I forget what this is often referred to as the word that keeps coming to mind is like the cultural mandate, um, or the The creation mandate mandate of like, yeah, just on a base level, every human being is called to create, fill, subdue, have dominion. And so, like, when we see people creating things, um, whether that be, you know, we, we think our mind always goes to, like, having children. Yeah, that's great. That's part of it, 100%. Yeah. Um, but even just, like, in the, in the workplace, like, creating healthy organizations um, that provide a service to the communities that you belong in. Um, you know, those, those are important things. Um, providing a place where we have an understanding that when... When people are making new things that benefit society and benefit humanity and benefit the world that we live in, that's in line with like mm-hmm. what God says here. So like at a, again, at a base level, it's obviously way more than that, but generally speaking, kind of foundationally, like the benefit of society is seen in this, mm-hmm. in this command right here. Yeah. And I think one of the things that also is like you said, like, uh, you know, 
creating healthy, you know, cultures of, you know, wherever you're at. Mm. But then also I think like, even when you get like deep dive into it, it's more of like creating healthy relationships with other people, you know, like other created, you know, image bearers around you, you know, how are you treating those people? Um, are you glorifying God in those, you know, is that something God would bless or are those things that he would look at and be like, Oh my Mm. goodness. Like, and then then the flood he's like, what have I done type of thing? Like (laughs) what's going on here? (laughs) That would have been my, uh, my words. I've been like, what's, what is going on? Um, but yeah, I think like God created relationships with other people, Mm. not just, you know, women, but men as well, having Mm -hmm. other relationships with, you know, men, um, yeah, in a healthy way, obviously. Mm. Um, and so like, yeah, I, I agree with that. And then, um, you kind of deepen or you go into like the, uh, kind of not, not necessarily like the same thing, but like a different perspective when you get into chapter Chapter two, two, it's like more in in depth of Mm -hmm. like, this is what's going on in the sixth day. Yeah. And you get into like the uh, chapter 15 and he like says the Lord, uh, God took man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and to watch over it. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. What, what version do you have? I have the CSB. Okay. Yeah. Cause I have the ESV and it says to work it and to keep it. But yeah, 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 yeah. Same, similar idea. I just, it's always interesting when the Bible translators take like same word and translate it differently. Cause I think that, I don't know. Was yours in keep it? Yeah. yeah. To work it and to keep it. Um, I, I think like when, Biblical translations are good to have to read many because uh-huh. when translators take a different approach, sorry, we're getting into biblical interpretation. No, 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 here, no, 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 like, no, 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 it's good, it's good. Yeah, like it I, all I, works. It yeah, all works. I think it's just that should cause us to pause and go, oh, okay, so like there's a word here in the original language that it's like, okay, it's, it's hard to translate or it's like it's not a one for one mm-hmm. and you could take it different ways. That should cause us to pause and say, oh, like let's explore this a little bit more. So, well, what did yours say again? Well, mine says to work it and watch over watch it. Watch over it, yeah, um, okay. I've actually just started using the CSB more. I think I got this one two years ago. Um, Mm. It wasn't necessarily because I don't like the ESV. Obviously, like I love it. It's probably my go-to like whenever I use it. Obviously, the CSB that I have is a little bit nicer than any ESV (laughs) I have. Yeah. So I use this one primarily. um, But just because everybody else is usually using the ESV, Mm. I'm like, I can use the CSB and they'll say the yeah. ESV for me. Yeah. I don't have to look it up, you but I'm like, hmm, this yeah. is interesting. Like That's they right. use a different word here. Yeah. Um, I personally do kind of like watch over for me. It's more mm-hmm. of like, it, it tells you the action that you're supposed to do. So when you like think about keeping it, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. Like keep it to myself. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's it's not like, a specific. Yeah. It's really hard to like, think of like, mm-hmm. okay, so what do I do? Mm-hmm. Cause I think as like people, like we're all, or like, automatically going to look for, you know, what are the action steps I can do? You know, these are your commands, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes we're like, I don't know how to do that. Like, tell me how to do it. Yeah. And so when you think of like work it and then watch over it. So like, you know, you know, do the work, you know, watch over the garden, be fruitful, be multiply, you know, Mm -hmm. so do it, all those things. But then also guard, watch Mm -hmm. it. Um, I think like, we were talking about it in a uh, missions class. We were talking about the creation mandate. It's kind of interesting because it was missions, but either way mm-hmm. he was, he, uh, Dr. Clausen brought up like, you know, you're supposed to, you know, watching over it just means also like you need to guard this as well. Mm-hmm. And when you get into the fall, it's like, what did Adam fail to do? He, for- he forgot to watch and he forgot to guard. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the moment you let down your guard, there goes everything. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is getting a little bit ahead. But yeah, I really en- I enjoyed that perspective of it because mm-hmm. he was also using the CSB. Yeah. So it's a little bit health, helpful or more helpful. Yeah. Uh, when like someone more advanced in knowledge is like, mm-hmm. this is what it means. I'm yeah. Like, Great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. W- one thing I want to point out about this um, and this, you know, I, I don't I feel like this is sometimes a, a common misconception. Um, in Christian circles, uh, just because I think partly it's like it's part of that cultural residue on our on our worldview, you know. Um, but like we we avoid work. Yeah, we avoid work sometimes, and it's like I don't want to do that because it doesn't feel good, and like it's hard, or you know that requires something of me. Kind of going back to that avoidance of responsibility a little bit. But I just remember growing up, like I hated doing chores, yard work, all sorts of stuff. And I just like the idea of work was just like void at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, how can I? Uh, you literally think about like, how can I avoid? How can this? I get out of this? Yeah, yeah like, like I'm before putting more it even work happens, into avoiding like, work than it would have taken to do it. Like, I see the grass is growing. How can I avoid? How mm-hmm. can I get? How can I have my older brother do this chore instead of me? Yeah. Those types of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like, I, so that was just a part of my like value system growing up a little bit. Um, and then when I became a Christian, like. Um, you know, I got introduced to the idea, like, and we see it here. This is, this is pre-fall. Mm-hmm. God tells Adam to work and to keep, like, that is a, that is a part of God's command before the fall. It's not a result of the fall. Work is not a result of uh-huh. the fall. So again, going back to, if we want to experience God's blessings in our life and that will lead to flourishing, that will lead to like, you know, a satisfying life and, and generally speaking, um, work is a part of that. Work brings dignity to mm-hmm. mankind, um, especially to men. Because um, again, this is this is a command given to Adam, and in th- this snapshot, you know, Eve hasn't been formed yet. Correct. Um, she, she, you know, that that story or part of the story comes a couple verses later. So God's speaking directly to Adam here. Um, he is to work and to keep. And so again, like work is not bad. Like work is a part of God's design for mankind. Um, and so like, I don't know, I remember when I first started to get introduced to that, I was like, my ideas of about work and avoiding work changed completely. Like my value was like, you know, like I should enjoy this. So how can I start to enjoy this mm-hmm. since this is the way God has made me? Um, and in fact, I think most people would recognize that like when you actually avoid work or you're not like actively working on something or doing like doing those things, that doesn't mean like working with your hands necessarily, yeah, but yeah. like you're, you're doing some form of work. Again, that contributes to the overall well-being of society. When you're not doing that, man, like that affects you. Like I think, I, I think that actually leads to a lot of um, depression and less mm-hmm. satisfying life All because, right. again, like God's made us for that. And so, if we avoid those things, we would expect to see the negative consequences of that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's just one observation I want to make from that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add. I, I have another thought. Yeah, I have like a couple of things, but I don't know if like they're necessarily related. But like, I think also when you separate yourself from like doing work, you're separating yourself from other people as well. Mm. And you know, you're you're made to be with other people. Like yeah. you you mentioned, like this is before Eve, but mm. like you know, God realized that it's not good for him to be alone. Yeah, and you know, there's other couple other things there, but like. Mm-hmm it's not good for us to be alone. And I think when you are alone, you are going to, you're going to deep dive into some depression there. Cause you, yeah. you know, you're not interacting with other people and it doesn't matter like how introverted or extroverted you are. 
like I'm more introverted, I would say, but like there comes a time when if I'm not in like society or like mm. around other people, I'm like, man, feel like it. I wish I had someone here right now yeah. to like, talk to. Um, yeah. Like right now, my roommate's out of town. Like I just come home and I'm like, man, I kind of wish he was here. Like even <laughs> if, even if I don't talk to him, yeah, you know, having another presence there, mm. uh, I don't know. It just like it does something. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I have someone here for me, like, yeah. you know, there for me to talk to, you know, to be there for me. Yeah. Uh, like, I used to say it was just because, like, I lived in a household full of, like, people. <laughs> so then, like, when I was out on my own, I didn't know how to react mm. because, like, I'm just used to, like, there being background noise all the time. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, no, it, I think it's actually just, I, am, I miss people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I, yeah, I think God has wired us that way. Like, yeah, we see it in creation. It's not good for man to be alone, so he creates Eve. But I think it goes even deeper than that. Like, we worship a God who is three and yet one. Like, there is community in the in the yeah. Godhead. And so, like, if we're created in His image and He exists in a community of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, like, we should expect that same thing to be true of us. That, like, we're designed and created after His likeness. We have a longing in us, the way we've been made, to belong to a mm-hmm. group, to a community. Um yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that goes to, um, again, kind of speaking against our culture, like there's a lot of this like, you know, lone wolf mentality or like, you know, alpha male who's mm-hmm. at the top and like he's just kind of doing his own thing and like, you know, people stay out of his way or, he, you know, he's a loner, he's isolated. But like, no, like we're made for community. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think this also kind of goes into something uh, culture kind of tells you is like, as a man, you need to be someone, you know, that's kind of separated from their feelings. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. I just yeah. thought about it right now. Oh, yeah. But, like, when you're talking about, like, you know, lone wolf type of stuff, I'm thinking about, like, untouchable, mm-hmm. you know, like, he doesn't have any weaknesses. There's mm-hmm. no, you can't touch him. No like, vulnerability. Yeah, there's no vulnerability there, uh, which also, like, if you've read um, any book, uh, I think it's by Andy something. It's, like, flourish something about flourishing. It's a leadership book that I had mm-hmm. to read for a class. And it talks about how if you're not being vulnerable, you can't flourish as a human because, like, you're not letting other people in to see your weaknesses, and that just isolates yourself. And yeah. no one wants to be around those people, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, you just think about, like, if no one wants to talk about, like, how they're actually feeling, mm. this can, like, go the wrong way, I guess. But, like, if you're not willing to open up and actually talk to other people then why would other people open up and talk it to you? Um, mm. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you want to do with that, but those yeah. are just some random thoughts that no, I had I, there. I, I think, I mean, I think that's a part of, again, godly character. Like, we think about Jesus, like the, the eternal son of God makes himself vulnerable by taking on the form of a servant, becoming like us and taking on human flesh. He condescends and dwells among us. He lives a life among his created and then dies. Mm-hmm. Like, the Lord takes on vulnerability in that sense. Um, now, you've got to be careful with some of those distinctions and, and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. But I think, you know, there's a, there's a level of, like, we see that. Like, the, the eternal Son of God displaying humility. Um, and honestly, it doesn't start with Jesus. Like, it starts even here in the garden. Like, we see, we didn't touch on it, but, like, you know, God creates all these things, makes Adam and says, all right, name them. Yeah. He asks Adam to do it. 
Do you think God could do that himself? Absolutely. Absolutely he could do that himself. He just created everything yeah, out of nothing. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like, like, like I mean, he's okay, just there. So like. <laughs> I think that that's a, an insight in a window into God's character is that he he brings in others to rule with him. Yeah. And, you know, if that's his command to us, like, we are, we see that, and the first thing he does yeah. is he makes Adam name the animals. And there's also a level of um, a patient father with Adam. <coughs> you know, he could have easily just said, all right, I made all these animals. All right, Adam, here's Eve. I'm going to make her. And then, like, you guys name the animals together. I think there's an intentionality behind the way God does this is not only is he, he you know, bringing in Adam of forming and ordering creation in that sense, but he's starting to see, okay, these aren't like me. These aren't like me. This isn't a helper fit for me. And what God, God could have easily said, none of these are fit for you. I'm going to make a helper fit for you. But what does he do? He lets Adam come to that conclusion on his own by letting him name all the animals and see for himself. Mm -hmm. I think that's an example too, of just like humility and patience and the character of God um, in allowing Adam and, and teaching him and allowing him to come to that conclusion on his own. And I think, man, that's something I'm not great yeah. at. <laughs> um, and, but I admire that about God. Like that is such a, a beautiful aspect of his character to me. Um, and again, we, like we see that in Jesus, but it, it starts even here in the garden. Like, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, that's all should be said about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have man, no greater thoughts God. there. <laughs> um, one, one last thing, and I think this will kind of keep our conversation moving forward. One last thing I wanted to point out about verse 15. Um, again, so the Lord God took uh, the man and put him in the garden to work and to keep it. Um, and this kind of gives us some categories like, right, we talk about work and keep. But um, I, I should have looked up the reference. But I remember um, the same words here, uh, if I remember correctly. You know, I, I uh, withhold the right to be wrong and someone could prove me wrong. It's totally okay. I would encourage someone to look at it, but I'm pretty sure that these are the same words that are used to describe the priests in the temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They are to work and to keep the temple. And so, you know, again, a lot of beauty in Genesis here, but like God is forming the cosmos and then he's establishing Eden as this like place where he's going to dwell with his created. And Adam is like a priest here. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's like the priest in, in working and keeping the temple, the garden in, in Eden. Um, and so I think like, you know, based on some of the conversation we've had already, like, you know, these are not new thoughts. People have expounded on these things plenty already, but you know, the, the different roles that people talk about for a man, it's like prophet priest, um, of their home. Um, but also like provider and protector are two that come to mind. So, you know, if you want to keep the P alliteration going, you can do that. Um, you know, I've heard some people sum it up as like, uh, provider, protector and shepherd is another way to look at Mm -hmm. it. Um, and I think for simplicity, maybe that'd be an easier way to look at it. But, um, yeah, I I think we kind of get that. A lot of people have commented on verse 15 and come up with kind of those categories. You know, we see that in working that provider, um, and we can get specific with that. I got a couple of different ways we can look at it, but, um, you know, even with, um, protector, that's like the keep or the watch over mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. Um, and I think even just, if you took those, you could probably keep it at those two. Um, if you explain it more deeply, but I think that idea of like, Hey, this is similar language to the priests, like the shepherd lens is worth dwelling on mm-hmm. um as we draw that out so I well, and, yeah and i think like the shepherd aspect of it is something that's obviously repeated throughout scripture mm-hmm. like 
uh, not only do you get all three of those, like prophet, priest, and king, and like mm-hmm. Christ, but like you also get that shepherd aspect as well. Yeah, you know, like he is, you know, shepherding in the sheep. Like he's going after the lost sheep. Like he is the good shepherd, right? All of those things coming to like a head in Christ, and so like why are we called this goes back to like why are we called christians you know we're supposed to imitate that um and even like in genesis like we're given all these details about what god does throughout creation because like we're supposed to imitate that Mm -hmm. you know obviously we're not trying to be god um but there is a good way of doing that yeah um obviously there's a wrong way um (laughs) those ways another day another day (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're to imitate that. And I think, you know, doing that is also doing the work of a shepherd and you mentioned like in your home, but then also like, you know, to other, other unbelievers, Mm -hmm. you know, like we're supposed to shepherd them into the good news of the gospel. Yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't really, that's a, that's a mandate for everybody, but not, not necessarily to man, but like you see that first in creation, which is given to man and then obviously implemented into, you know, his relationship with Eve as well. So yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So, uh, after that, we're going to take a little breaky break Yeah, and we'll, uh, probably do a part two. So <laughs> stick around and then, uh, we'll be back. Yeah. So now we're back here. Uh, we've kind of just took a little break, uh, get some water refreshes and stuff. All right, so we're kind of like picking back up with, um, I'll just lead right into it, uh, the prophet, priest, and king stuff, uh, which you said you had some thoughts on. Um, yeah. So if you want to d- deep dive into those, then I'll make like little, I don't know, what do you want to call Comments. them? Isaac yeah. thoughts. Yeah, let's go. Well, <laughs> um, Isaac I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm good with that too. Maybe other things will click and I'll just divert the whole conversation to something else, <laughs> like, like normal. Uh, so yeah, so you said you had something we want to talk about that. Uh, I'd love to hear those thoughts as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and, and again, like, you know, I'm sharing things that other people, I've heard other people say that have impacted my life. And so like, this is in no way unique to me. Um, but I think just like as I've heard these passages taught over the years, um, you know, by by faithful men um, and talking about like, what does it mean to be a provider? What does it mean to be a protector? And then, you know, when we look at, um, you know, the the idea of shepherd um, as kind of like combining that prophet and priest aspect of um, Adam's responsibility, um, you know, five, five kind of ways for each or lenses, we could even say like to evaluate each of these kind of come to mind. Um, and cause it's easy to just hear the word providers like great work hard, provide food, make money, pro- make money. Right. <laughs> make like, money. And, and that is 100% part of it. I mean, we see that, you know, like Adam, he's committed to work and keep the garden. Um, you know, in chapter one, he, he's commanded, like he has every, every plant for food, except yeah. for the knowledge of the, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and we, you know, we see that repeated in chapter two, uh, right after that command, um, you may eat of every tree in the garden. Um, and so like, there's this idea of like, okay, it's, it's going to take some work to keep the garden going, yeah. Yeah. um, make sure that the plants are flourishing and takes work. And so like, you know, when we t- look at that from like, um, a physical perspective, yeah, like that's typically what people think of when they hear provider. Um, Hey, I, I get food, I pay the bills, make sure we have a place to live. Kids got clothes. I got clothes. Um, you know, basic needs are met. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, Paul, Paul kind of like brushes up against, um, 
people who don't do those things in the New Testament. In First Timothy five, uh, verse eight, you know, he basically makes a statement like, "You don't work, you don't eat. You know, like, you're you're a leech. <laughs> go go out and work if you're able bodied." Um, and and again, like that's grounded in what we see in Genesis. Like we're we're made to work. Um, but hey, you know, like most people would read that and hear that and go check you know like pat on the yeah, back yeah, i got like, that i'm not in debt i, I got you know yeah I or like, like i've got i've got I'm a working place hard. to sleep i'm you providing know? yeah i'm providing for my family and like while that is good um you're just a decent man at that point mm-hmm. that's where most of us stop would you even dare to say like mediocre yeah i mean congratulations you've met the bare minimum yeah um and I don't say that lightly because, like, that is hard work. Yeah. And it's exhausting. I think also to add to that, you kind of see, like, that with Solomon uh, mm-hmm. in Ecclesiastes. He's like, you know, I've got everything. I've got wisdom. I've got money. <laughs> I've got wives. <laughs> i got women, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, Paul Not according had, to God's Paul design. Paul also yeah. has something to say about that. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, he has everything. He doesn't need anything. He's a mm-hmm. king. But yet he's still, like... It's all vanity. Yeah. There's something missing. Yeah. And like, I remember thinking about those types of things, especially like, uh, kind of when I moved back down to Louisville and like started working again, I'm just like, man, like, I'm just so done with like all the work. Like I'm done with doing school. I'm done with like working at Chick-fil-A. Like I just, I'm Mm. so tired. It doesn't seem like it's doing anything. And it's kind of weird. I started reading through Ecclesiastes for some reason. I am, you know, <laughs> the Lord's providence yeah, is why. Yeah, yeah, you know, something, something, some, some sort of sovereignty, some, something out there was like, you need to read Ecclesiastes. So I did, and I started reading, and he's like, you know, I was like, man, like I, I really resonate with this. I feel like I'm just out here working, and nothing is doing anything. And then you get to the part where it's like, you know. <laughs> Are you just like working or like, do you enjoy what you do? Like you start to think of it really shifted my mind to like, okay, like it's not about me. It's not about what I do. It's not about the things that I have, Mm. but it's something greater. And then when you read the rest of the Bible, you kind of figure out, okay, what is that greater thing? You know? Yeah. yeah, I, I don't remember Ecclesiastes enough to where it's like, I remember like, oh, this is the biggest moment, but I remember my mind shift from thinking about work from just like, oh, it's just work. It's just because I'm trying to provide for, you know, what I'm doing to being like, no, there's actual good work that you can do mm-hmm. while working in like some job that you don't see yourself doing for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and so that, so that's kind of like where my mind changed and that's a little caveat off of, you know, providing, but mm-hmm. I think you're hitting on that point a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, like that, that's not to disparage like the men who like, that's where they are. Like, that is still good, but it's not ultimate. It's not, like, all that God has intended for you as a provider. Um, And, again, like, that's where most of us stop. We just hear that, and those are the things that come to mind. It's like, yeah, I'm doing those things. Cool. I'm a a, a man. Like, I'm doing it. Like, no, dude. Like, you got more to go. Um, And so, like, I kind of saved spiritual for for later, but just, like, uh, looking at, like, an emotional provider which is something we wouldn't think of very often. But I think like... I don't know. I've completely detached from emotions. <laughs> I'm, I'm old, yeah. I feel nothing. 
Um, I don't feel the burn. <laughs> um, I am the burn. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, from, from a perspective of like, okay, uh, a man who leads his home, he ought to provide a context where his family is able to flourish emotionally hmm. um to create a space and i hate safe space i'm not about the buzzword stuff but like <laughs> it, there is a real sense in which like your home ought to be a refuge in a yeah. place of safety and like you we talked about vulnerability er, earlier like that your family can be vulnerable um and you know as a that that's like more in a married context um in the home but the home is a place of refuge and safety, but like you can do that as a as a single person. You know, you have a roommate, Isaac. Like, you know, are are you and your roommate cultivating a place now? Because like, it's not like all of a sudden, all right, I'm married now. I better start doing yeah. this. Like, no, you you create that mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, am I creating a, a place? Am I providing for a place in my home um, where the people that I live with, the people that are under my roof, the people that I live in community with, even. You can expand that outside of the home where there's refuge and safety, trust, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but like, do the people who fall under that category for you, do they know the love of Christ through your love for them? Yeah. You know, and that's are, a big question. <laughs> like that, I think that's the lens through which we should see it is like, are you providing a place where they experience the love of Christ through your love for them? Um, you know, that's way more than just emotional, um, but that is a part of it. Yeah. Um, their experience of, of your relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned like the emotional aspect because like, again, I, I wouldn't say like, I just have a hard time understanding emotions. And we've talked about that before. It's not that I don't have them. I make jokes about it that I don't. Yeah. They're real. Trust me. <laughs> I've cried before. <laughs> um, but you no, make, I think I think. Like you said, you said like, you know, it starts, it doesn't, it doesn't start when you like get married or whatever. Like these things start like as you become a Christian, mm-hmm. right? Like the the point that you are converted into a Christian is just like, okay, you've got to change your life. Like, and it isn't like, you know, you're doing these things, you know, obviously God is doing these things through you, um, through sanctification and stuff. But like, you know, there is still a point of like, you need to, you need to do this way or you need to do this. You need to cultivate the the healthy emotional stuff. And I would say like, I do have that with my roommate. Like it's funny. We didn't really know each other, but then like, you know, you, you live with someone and it's yeah. just like, things come up, you close, know, close proximity. It's funny. <laughs> I, I don't, he can, he can tell you more, but I really don't think there's, we, we've never like fought about anything either, which is kind of just weird. Like mm-hmm. we just get along like, and there's those things too. Like, you know, how well do your personalities match up and whatnot, which I, I don't, whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, it is, it's true. Like, you know, it is a safe space. You know, you have the vulnerability there. You've talked about things, you know, every, you, you get to the point where it's like, they come in the door, they like put their bag down and you know, immediately, Oh, something might be wrong. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Tell me, (laughs) let me in. Yeah. 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 What is it? (laughs) There was, he might kill me for this. I don't think he, he doesn't listen to it. He, he told me that he would. Oh, so that makes it okay. You can just air his dirty yeah, laundry yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking specifically into this because, like, it kind of relates. So he, like, there's something happened. I'm not going to say what. So, sure. like, whatever. But, like, he came home and it was kind of late. And I was, like, sitting on that couch. And he just, like, walked straight into his room and, like, shuts the door. Which is very rare because, like, mm-hmm. 
I don't think he's extremely extroverted, but he's more extroverted than I am. So like he'll mm-hmm. come in and it was like immediately ask like, oh, how was your day or whatever? Mm-hmm. No, like today it was just like, Voop. not about it. I was like, okay, something's definitely wrong. And I was like, should I give him space? Do I need to talk about it now? So like the way I usually do it is I'm like, okay, he probably needs to think about stuff. So I just let it go because mm-hmm. it's also later. And then like the next day I was like, hey, it's like Doing this right. happened. He was like, oh, I didn't tell you. I was like, no, you just walked in your room. I was like, you seemed kind of upset. So I was like, you know, I'll let him think about whatever and then approach it tomorrow. And so, like, all that going back to, like, you know, it starts before, you know, you're married. It starts yeah. It starts when you're dealing with people. <laughs> yeah. So. Exactly. Like, these are all of these things, like, these are not reserved for marriage. You start cultivating them at that point. And, like, no, like, you, to be a biblical man. You can cultivate these things in any context like you have, you know, whether it be your family or your home life, your workplace, um, your church community, and even just generally speaking, like your friend group, like the, the people that you are in community with, um, like you, you cultivate these things, you live these things out. Those are all contexts in which you can live, the, live these principles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like I liked your example because it showed like both of you guys have a habit of doing this. You mentioned like your your roommate coming in and asking you how about you know how are you doing like that's that's a part of it. That's a part of creating warmth mm-hmm. in a place where you live, creating that habit now, like caring enough about the other person, providing yeah. a place of of vulnerability. I have like one more thing, and I think yeah. you also this is something that I'm very very guilty of. You cannot settle for like short answers either, mm-hmm. like. Someone can ask how your day is. I'm like, I'm great. Or I'm good. That's the one I always say. I'm like, I'm good. good. But you can usually tell from the way I say it, like if I actually mean it or not. And so like, you know, don't, don't settle for the short answers, you know. I don't do it often because I know, because you know, like there's always that balance, like how much do I push and how much do I just let it go? Mm -hmm. But there are times where I'm like, all right, I'm going to push. I'm like, you want to lie to me again? How are you actually? I've been in that seat before. (laughs) How are you actually? I don't, I don't lie intentionally. It's just more, it's like, I don't want to deal with this now. (laughs) Yeah. So like, why, yeah. Why do you think, why do you think we do that? Yeah. I think it goes back to, it's just like, I don't want to deal with this now. Um, Or just like, you know, for me, some of that is like, I want to separate work from personal Mm. stuff. That's um, a lie, by the way. What do you mean? Separating work and personal. Oh you're yeah, a whole, yeah, yeah, you're a whole human being. I, I just sorry, thank I'm you. Gonna, no, 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 no. I'm gonna get on this soapbox right now. Like, <laughs> I that is one of the things that I hate the most. That's why, like, when you, you know, when you introduced me last time, like, you know, uh, is, are, we're friends at work, or we're just friends. Like, I hate. That no, there's that podcast. You yeah, know, that I know. Don't have work to. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, that, and that changed my. Per- yeah. yeah, yeah, but. Uh, Subtle plug for Pat Lynchini <laughs> oh at the table. Don't have work friends. Go listen to it. Anyways. Um, but no, like that, that idea of <laughs> like, you are a whole person. You are a whole person. What happens at home affects your, your life at work. Oh yeah. And what happens at work affects you outside of it. Mm-hmm. 100%. You, it is not healthy to try to compartmentalize your right. life like that. There are no, like, there are no distinctions. And the, the same could be said about, you know, like people talk about sacred, secular. It's all gods. It's all worship. It's all spiritual. Like there is no distinction. God's not gods. Like it all belongs yeah. to God. You are a whole integrated person. Mm-hmm. You cannot compartmentalize your life like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, all that to say, I was going to say, like, there comes a point when you yeah. realize, you know. You can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's impossible. Yeah. Like, exactly. I've come to the conclusion it's yes. impossible to do yeah, that. Exactly. Um, a, a while ago. But, you know, you still get caught in that trap of, like, you know, this is work. Like, do I go into this? You know, like, all mm. those things. Like, filter through your mind. Yeah. 
Um, and so it's just like, okay, I don't really want to get into this. Mm. Like right now there's people around, like yeah. for me personally, mm. it's like, I don't want to share these things because mm. there's other people around and mm. I don't, I don't want other people to know these things. So like, it's not like I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. It's more of just like a level of like, I don't want to say like what's actually everybody. going on. Yeah. So that for me personally, but Lynn, Lynn mm-hmm. I guess, why would you think that is the case? Yeah. Um, why do you do it? Yeah, why do I do it? I think, I think the temptation is often, um, I don't have time or they, or they don't have time. That was just them being polite, saying hello, essentially. Yeah. And the hard part is, is like, there are people who genuinely ask that question because they are giving you the five minutes for you to like, but like, mm-hmm. we don't take them up on it. Um, you know, there, there's a balance there. Cause like, yeah. you don't want to be the person who just like always overshares yeah, for yeah. 10 minutes every time someone says hello. Um, but I think there are times like when people press, like that's a, that's permission for us to say, all right, like you want to know, like, this is how I am. Um, so I think there's a, there's a fear of like, I don't have the time or I don't want to be a burden on them and yeah, take yeah. up their time. Mm-hmm. I think the other temptation is, and I think this is, I don't know, I, I'm generalizing, right? I, everybody's different. But I think there is a sense in which a lot of people just genuinely think they don't really care. Yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't care about me. They don't care. They don't want to know what's going on in my life or, or oh, my life is not significant and boring. And like, you know, <laughs> so I, that's I, what I say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I have, like, seriously, like, I've, I've asked that question to people and like sometimes I've gotten that response of like, well, my life is not interesting and enter- or whatever, like not entertaining, but like it's not, it's not significant or it's nothing really major. It's kind of mundane, monotonous. And my encouragement to those people are like, I'm asking because I care. And if it's important to you, it's important to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, on the, you know, list of world current oh, events, just, top 10 things that happened today. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, duh, most people's lives are like that. It's important to your existence yeah. where God has you right now. Tell, tell me. Yeah. Like, uh, that's why I'm asking. And, and I get it. If the trust isn't there, that's a whole nother thing. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you haven't cultivated that yet. Um, but yeah, I think like we, we doubt that people have the time or we don't want to be a burden on them. And I think the other piece of it is like, we doubt that they actually really care about art or we feel like we're being a burden by casting things onto them. Um, But my, again, my other encouragement is we're commanded as Christians, you know, this is more of a Christian command, but like to bear one another's burdens by you not sharing them, you are robbing the body of Christ, the opportunity to bear that burden with you. Right. Um, And again, there's an extreme to anything. (laughs) But just my encouragement to the people who are reserved or hesitant to share would be that. So I feel like you're just staring at me. And it's like, no, oh, it's not targeted. Maybe at you. I'm just being convicted. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. It's anyway, not, no, I'm not thinking of you. Yeah. I, I think that's great. No, it, it does speak to me because I think I do some of those things. I think it's just because of like you know, I'm, I I personally feel like sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't want to be a burden here. Mm. Um, I, or I like, he seems like he's in a, or someone seems like they're in a good mood. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin down. it. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is I'm not very good at meeting those energy levels. So you can obviously tell like, okay, something's not right here. Um, but yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. that's all good stuff. So yeah. then that was the first that was, that point. Was emotionally, <laughs> my gosh. Well, it says, hey, that was number two. Cause we talked about physically. Wait, uh, okay, okay. 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 Um, well, we're on point yeah, three. These <laughs> other ones are, are a little bit smaller, but like mental. Okay. So like mentally, let's, let's think about that mental provision. Um, you know, some of that is like you growing as a person growing like your <laughs> mental faculties. Now I'm not saying that everybody needs to be a bookworm 
or a genius or whatever, but like you're growing in knowledge and understanding. You're growing in wisdom. Um, it's not just about like, you know, someone locked away in an ivory tower who's an academic. Like that, that's not necessarily what I mean. You know, because for some guys, like that can be really discouraging. Like, okay, I'm not an avid reader or I don't like, I don't enjoy kind of yeah. like researching stuff or whatever. Like, but there's something that's interesting to you. Um, but the other, you know, and, and I, I believe you probably research that stuff and you look into it and you're knowledgeable about it. So you're growing your understanding of that. But I think like as a command, you know, tying it back to scripture, like you ought to be growing in your knowledge and understanding of the Bible and understanding who God is. Um, and so like you're, are you providing an opportunity for the people around you to do the same? Like, uh-huh. are you, are you giving them opportunities to develop their mental gifts? Like we, we do have mental faculties. Yes, they're tainted by the fall. And so like, there are some things that are going on there that make it not the way it ought to be. Um, but I think again, going back to, uh, how, how, what does this mean for the home? Like, what does this look like? Um, and some of this kind of bleeds in with like none of the none of these categories are like completely clean. Uh-huh. They're, they're a little yeah. overlapping. Yeah, so yeah. sorry if I repeat myself here, but for mentally, like it's teaching in the home. Um, you know, like I think about my responsibility as a parent and and uh, partnering in that with my wife. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many things. Like everything, and like I have to remind myself this is the first time they're learning how to do this. So yeah. I can't have that expectation of them. Uh-huh. It's really hard when you have multiple kids and you're like, I've taught this one this, but then you forget you haven't taught the other one. And I so, yeah. The just, thing that oh. my, my mom would always say was also the fact that each kid is different. So I don't, mm, obviously yeah. I don't have kids. So I don't, I don't sure. know. But I mean, I can observe. You that that was I a, can observe. A yeah, I can yeah. observe. Okay. My older brother is not the same as me. Mm-hmm. You know, my sisters are not the same. There's differences. Yeah. So like one of those things that plays into it. Yeah. The, you're teaching that for the first time, but the way that you teach it to kid number two mm-hmm. is going to be different than kid yeah, number one. Absolutely. Experiencing that big time with like, Benjamin I'm and Elliot. Like, so much different than my older brother and older yeah. sister. So like when kid number three comes around, you're just like, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, exactly. I, I flipped some tables. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, so, so I, I want to be clear, like, this isn't just like, we'll, we'll get into the kind of the spiritual side of it in a little bit, but like, this is... I'm thinking more just kind of in the practical sense, like, okay, teaching them how to get dressed is a, is a thing, you know, like how to put your shoes on, um, what's appropriate behavior in public and what's not appropriate behavior in public. (laughs) I just act the Um, same way. How to, how to speak to other people. I mean, just like, again, like those are all kind of mental exercises. You're teaching them how to think, how to act a little bit. Like, um, you're challenge, you're challenging them to think critically too. Like that's really hard as a parent. We talked about earlier, like, God as a father, like letting Adam come to that conclusion on his own, there's, it takes us so much pain. Think about how long it took Adam to name all the animals. Think about the amount of patience God must have had to have for that to happen. Like, I envy that level of patience because like, dude, children, I mean, just in general, patience is hard to have, but like with children, like, man, they just have a, a way of testing you. That is unlike anything I've experienced. And and they're, they're so much fun. They're such blessings. But that is like the way in which God is using me being a father to work on my, my character and my sanctification um, is like challenging them to think means I can't just tell them what the answer is. I have to get them to like recognize ha- it on their own. Yeah. And like, okay, this is how I think critically through this situation. Yeah. Um, 
and that just takes a ton of patience. I didn't think you see that though when you're not a child. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's better when you learn something when you come up with the answer mm-hmm. that's right on your own tells you. than if someone just tells you. 100%. So like classes are always like, oh yeah. my gosh, she's telling me the answer. Like, mm-hmm. but then you think about like the actual workplaces and stuff. You think about the people that usually excel like in their positions, like. Those people are the ones that are seeking out that that knowledge, yeah. right? So, like, oh, I want to grow. You know, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the answers to this? Mm-hmm. Um, those types of things. Whether the people that are just like, I'm either content just staying where I'm at, or like, you know, what are the answers? Like, tell mm-hmm. me. Like those yeah. types of things. But you're not going to remember them. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the big thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you're not going to remember if I tell you the answers tomorrow. Yeah. Like you could have an exam. But if I tell you the answer is the night before, you're not going to remember those. Yeah. And I have experience in that, obviously. <laughs> but like, it's just like those types of things. That, like you don't stop doing that when you're mm-hmm. you're a, a child or like your parents like teaching mm-hmm. those things. But like just in general, like mm-hmm. throughout whole life, it's just like you've got to learn those things. Uh, you yeah. you know, you talk about mental, like you've got to accept that, you know, you're going to be doing this forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to you're a lifelong learner. That's part of being human in the world and having limited and finite faculties you know like (laughs) and it is frustrating because you're like man like i know i think like the hardest part is like you know you know what you need Mm. you know you need to be more patient but Mm -hmm. like you only have so much it's a discipline of being able to to actually live that yeah 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 and that that's a whole nother thing of like that's just the difference between knowing what to do and actually being able to do it uh, which I'm sure we'll get into later, oh, but yeah. um, kind of moving on then, like thinking through like, okay, we've talked about physically, emotionally, mentally, now like practically, like, um, again, this is where there's a little bit of overlap uh, mentally, but like there is this teaching aspect, but providing opportunities to learn how to, how I say how to human properly, but like, that's it. Like I, I, my it's wife and I laugh with each other all the time, but like, you know, Kristen, we're just teaching them how to human. <laughs> like, Hey, laughter like, is important. That's right. Like that's, that's how it is. And so like, um, some of it is like basic things, you know, manners and all that stuff, but like, you know, how has God wired and designed the world and how can we live with the grain of creation rather than against the grain? Um, and you know, like some of that is, I shared with my own upbringing, like teaching them work ethic. Like, what does it mean to be, I got, I got three boys. Masculinity is pretty important. I better figure this thing out for, for their sake, uh, let alone my wife's and my own. But like, you know teaching them what it means to have a godly work ethic to work unto the lord and not for the praise of, of men and their own selfish ambitions um teaching them to have responsibility i mean there's even things like how to drive a car you know how to, how to be a good neighbor like i mean you know who teaches you how to do that you know but that that's part of i think like again as a man you have a responsibility to provide a place where they can learn these things um and provide a place where they can make friends and that friends are welcome over your home. I think that's yeah, big too. Like hospitality. Yeah. And, and how, how do, how do things just work in general? Um, you know, talk about like man skills, you know, like how to operate a, a power saw or whatever. Can you like, fix something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like kind of more of the handyman stuff and like, Hey, like I get it. Not every guy's wired that way and that's okay. Like, um, I'm not saying every man has to be an expert at power tools and all this other stuff or be, you know, be able to work on the car. Well, they are cool. They are cool. <laughs> They're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, like that's, that's not, um, my wife is way more handy than I am. She's just got like, I think for her, it's more of the creativity and being able to like express her creativity through creating something. Yeah. Um, I'm more of the practical, like this thing needs to function and it's, you know, it's gotta be like, uh, 
cut properly and be perfectly assembled and like and all this other stuff and um yeah like a great example of this recently like um my, my wife like with very little help from me um i helped a little bit but okay. very little help from me but she like she built a dining room table in like a month yeah dude if i had to do that it would have taken me four times as long and i would have been four times as frustrated and it was frustrating at times um but like i think that just goes to show like some of it is like time opportunity i find that interesting but she's a little bit more skilled in that than i am and that's okay like that doesn't bother me any um, but I think they just kind of like that idea of like, are you teaching your kids? Are you providing a place where like they're learning how to live in the world as yeah. a properly functioning human being? Mm-hmm. Um, those are things we don't necessarily think about, but like, that's a responsibility, like as a man to, to yeah. do that. And again, that starts with you yourself learning how to do those things. well. Right. Right. Yeah. Teaching is such a big aspect of it as mm-hmm. well. Like especially for, you know, someone that wants to go into like ministry, you think about, you know, what is the main thing you're going to be doing? Mm. Uh, teaching. So you yeah. better figure out how to do it. Yeah. You better figure out, like, you got to figure out, like, uh, it was explained to me like this, uh, by, my mentor, uh, back home, like my youth pastor, mm-hmm. he was like, you've got to, you've got to figure out how to take big pieces of information mm-hmm. and treat them like a steak dinner. You can't give a kid a steak and expect them to eat it and not choke. Like you've got to cut those pieces up. You've Mm got to feed it to them. Yeah. Yeah. And in ways that they can understand and digest that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because if you just give it to them, like if I just Mm -hmm. gave you this and you just became like a Christian, you're not, you're going to be like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, And so it's just like, you've got to figure out like, how can you teach those things? And you can do that, you know, at work, like, okay, how do Mm -hmm. I teach those things? Like Mm -hmm. we're learning at work. Like, and again, each person is different too. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out how to cut the steak this way. You got to figure out how to cut the steak this way, mm-hmm. like diagonal, yeah. you know, horizontal, whatever way you want to cut yeah. it. Like it's just, it's so strange, but you've got to figure out how to be able to teach well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think, um, I also want to give a side note too, cause like we're, we're about to get into, um, kind of the spiritual aspect of it. And it is like teaching is a big part of it. Yeah. And for, for the guys out there who are like, man, that sounds intimidating or daunting to me. Like to te- I just have zero patience. A lot of, yeah. Shocker. Welcome to the club. Also, but like, also like, uh, I, we're all terrified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like that's, that's part of it is like, Hey, like it, no one is perfect at this. You're, you're growing in this and, the, but you do have a responsibility for it. So just do, doing something is better than nothing. Yeah, um, for sure. But a lot of it, it's not like. You know, I've, I've said all these things. It's not like, all right, Ben, we're going to sit down and this is how you properly talk to mama and dada. No, like, <laughs> no, like some of it is like through trial and error. Some of it is through examples, reminders, even over and over again. Um, Patience. The, yes. Like, Patience. It, it, like you have to repeat yourself. Um, and very, very often and very frequently um, and very consistently. Um, but it, it, it is a lot of like, you'd be surprised how much they learn through just observing. Oh yeah. Like there are things that Ben has communicated and just said, and I'm like, he has only put that together because he's watched either myself or my wife do, do that. Yeah. And some of those are good things. 
some of those are terrifying things uh-huh. and it's a window into your own soul of like man that is an area of sin that i need to work on yeah um yeah and so now it's an opportunity to like again model humility for him it's like hey like yesterday um my wife mentioned like there was an incident with uh one of our kids and like she didn't like the way that she treated him um and so like you know he he um you know went, went took a nap or whatever this is elliot our, our middle child and um, after the nap, like, you know, the Lord had been working on Kristen's heart. And so she uh, apologized to him. And he was just like, for what? And, you know, it, it, in his three-year-old brain, it's like, this is how you treat people. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, but, like, no, like, she's, she's teaching him, like, that what I did is not acceptable. It's not okay. And, like, it's wrong. I sinned against you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Will you forgive me? And she's modeling, like, asking for forgiveness. There's a lot happening in this. Yeah, example, yeah. I'm, like, like, thinking through all these things. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's so much thing. And yeah. He's just like, but yeah. She's, she's, she's modeling, like, what it looks like to ask for forgiveness, so for repentance. She's modeling repentance for him. Um, and then she's also modeling good humility in the sense of just because I'm mom doesn't mean I'm perfect. Yeah, and that's the one that I was thinking about is, like, Usually when you think about like back to when you were a kid, you're just like, man, I can't wait till uh, I'm done here. You know, I can live my own life, do whatever I want. But like, it's not the case, right? You still have to model those things. And I think that's like, again, back to your Mm -hmm. story of what your wife did to your like son. Like, I mean, he might not understand it now, but you know, there comes, there comes a point where it's like, oh, I'm supposed to do this, yeah. you know, and that might not be now, but yeah. it also could be. You yeah. never know when that is. Yeah. Cause again, it goes back to, they're always watching. Yes. Yeah. They learn, they learn what is okay and what is not okay based on how, not necessarily by what you say, but by yeah. how you act. Consistency yes. as well. Yes. I will say like, I, I, I help out with, uh, I've helped out with like kids church, like multiple times and mm-hmm. then also youth group. Yeah. But like, the biggest thing that they'll call you out on is when you're inconsistent. Oh, yeah. Hypocrisy, they'll be like, yeah. you just did this mm-hmm. and you told me not to. 100%. And I'm like, like sharks. You're man. right. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, f- I forget what it, uh, what, what it is, but like Ben consistently calls me out on something that I mentioned <laughs> to him one time and I'm like, suppression. You're, you're right, dude. You're right. Dad, I should not have done that. I, whatever it is, I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, but but like that's a great example. Like he recognizes, hey, you, this is not okay. We've already established this. Da da, you're doing this, and again, that's an opportunity for me. Like, okay, you're right, Ben. Have humility. Show him that Dada is not always perfect, and that he can be wrong, uh-huh. and that he needs forgiveness just like you need forgiveness. And yeah. again, that's a segue into the gospel for him. Which, <laughs> even the practicality of those things of how to ask for forgiveness and like operate with humility, like that gets into the spiritual as well. But um, yeah, like, uh, thinking through like, what does it mean to be a provider spiritually? But like, are you leading, uh, leading the home by providing spiritual nourishment in the home? Mm-hmm. Is this a place of refuge and safety spiritually? Um, because again, like the world and the flesh and the devil are three enemies that we have and man, we are constantly being assaulted. The home is not safe just because it's a home. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would, I would say, um, the home is actually a more intense battleground. Oh yeah. Because of what's at stake. I mean, you know, Paul mentions this and we see, you know, he's, he's referring to Moses's words here in Genesis, but you know, the, the marriage covenant 
is a reflection of Christ's love for the church. It's a picture of the gospel. What better thing to assault for Satan, to, to discredit the gospel and God's intentions for the world than to undo marriage. Right. Um, yeah. And so, man, like, of all, sorry, we're getting into the protector aspect a little yeah, bit yeah. here, but like just from a providing standpoint, like that requires some stuff of us. Like part of protecting is providing a place where there is safety and you do that through intentionally investing into the home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got some examples. Yeah. yeah no, but ahead. then you also get in and you know, we haven't like talked about it a whole ton and we don't need to, but like it also goes into the shepherd aspect. You know, a mm-hmm. shepherd knows what's good for his sheep. Yeah. He knows what's bad. He knows what they can eat, what they can't eat. Mm-hmm. He's always watching them as well to make sure that, you know, he is protecting them. Um, so like when I think of that, I think of like, you know, why does he have that staff? That's to correct them, you know, like sheep need discipline, you know? Absolutely. They need correcting. They need, they need leading. They need guiding. Um, and, and even sometimes like, even in that, like, um, discipline doesn't always look like a swift smack. Sometimes it is just a gentle nudge, like, you know, like with, with the rod, with the staff, um, you know, directing with a little bit of force. uh, What about this? This is not a good idea. Um, yeah, and so like, what what does this look like? Um, and yeah, I, I think um, this is probably this is probably where most guys feel like they're failing, is this part right here. Um, and so I, I just I I don't want to take any of this lightly, but I also want to communicate the importance of it. And yeah. again, the only reason why I'm here with these things and and like is because of men who have communicated this, modeled this, uh-huh. um, and faithfully taught these things, but. Um, family devotions. Um, you know, pe- people hear that and it sounds like this really big event. Yeah, dude, with a five-year-old and a three-year-old, there are, it is. You want to talk about trying your patience? Like I'm trying to be faithful to the Lord in providing a spiritual like um, aspect of the leadership of my home. And man, they like five-year-old and a three-year-old don't sit still for very long. Just really, you know, yeah. Imagine that. It's um, crazy. And so, like, you know, that challenges you as, as a man and challenges you as a leader of your home. But, like, what does it look like to do family devotions? And um, my wife and I, you know, years ago, like, we we'd keep it simple. This is not new, but, like, Don Whitney's known for this. But it's read, pray, sing. Yeah. That's it. And the boys know that. Like, they know, um, you know, we read the Bible first. We pray for each other. And then we sing a song together. And there have been times where, like, just out of, like, man, I'm exhausted, and we read, and we prayed, and I'm like, okay, we're done. And then one of them like, but what about singing? I'm like, oh, yeah, we need to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, or, like, I try to get it out of order, you know, like, oh, let's sing now. And, like, no, we got to pray first. And I'm like, you're right. Sure. All right. Well, in my mind, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, and like, yeah. hey, if we do all three, that's good. But, no, like, they like the order. They like the structure. They like the routine. They know what to expect, yeah. um, which is a part of raising children. But, again, like read, pray, sing. Um, it's very simple. Um, and you're, you're pointing them to Jesus and you're engaging with them at the heart level. It's not just here's biblical knowledge and information. Um, one of the things my wife really challenges me with in, in, a, in a very good way. Um, and she's right. Um, and that it's not like we, our goal is not here to just to do the routine, do the rhythm. Like yeah. they need to know the heart behind it as uh-huh. well. And our attitudes during this time matter just as much as doing the things. Mm-hmm. And it's going back to that hypocrisy thing, like, you know, no, no. calling out the, the, the differences there. 
Um, like, yeah, like, am I modeling what it, what Jesus is like to them as we do these things? Um, and yeah, so I think there, there's that aspect of it. There's like the family devotions. Um, and it's very simple. Like it, it lasts maybe 10 minutes. And the only reason why it lasts longer than that is because they're distracted and it takes more time. You gotta tell them you to know, sit down. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, it, on a typical night, you know, and like if we're feeling really like into it or, um, we feel really prepared for or it's a story we're familiar with or even like so we use different children's bibles right now that's just where they're at we'll probably change change it up in the future um but right now like children's bibles are great for where they are um and there are other things we do to teach them actually like from the scriptures not just someone else's interpretation right um but there are certain bibles uh children's bibles that are great for acting out and this was again like being in families that modeled it for ourselves there was a family that kristen and i were there for their time of family devotions and they were like acting out the stories and like being super dramatic and having all this fun and i was like and i was a single guy at the time interested in marrying kristen when this happened so this was like years ago um and you know when we started having kids i was like kristen i remember this like i think we should do this like when we can and like one of our one of my favorite memories during family worship is just like acting out things like you know G uh jesus and peter and the miraculous catch a fish and you know like they're sitting on the couch and like you know cast your net over to the side and we throw all their stuffed animals in a blanket and they pull it up and all this stuff you know just like act, acting those things out but like they're vivid memories for them too they remember that they ask to act that one out all the time now and like you know there are a few others like that the wall of jericho is always a great one. Oh yeah <laughs> um a few other things like that but like if there's a way to turn um that level of engagement for them like the main thing is like they're they're learning the stories um you know later i want them to think more theologically sure but the the main thing is if i can just get them to understand the stories of scripture that's a huge win yeah. It's a huge win. Yeah, it goes into kind of like, um, we talked about this in uh, my family ministry class. I'll, I'll reference classes all the time. No, That's yeah. where I'm at. But like we mentioned this in family ministry class of like, uh, now I'm going to forget the word. <laughs> but uh, it's it's essentially the the idea of like indoctrinating them with the things that they can understand now. Mm -hmm. uh, catechisms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catechisms. So you, wanna, you want to like catechize as much as possible at that age. You know, what can they learn right now? You know? What does this story tell me about God? You know, like who is God? Like those types of things. I know this is kind of like a little bit off topic, but it kind of goes into like, you know, you know, how do you do that for your children? How do you do that? You know, if you're not, if you don't have children, mm -hmm. um, you can still catechize if you don't have children yeah. uh, or you can catechize yourself or like mm -hmm. even you mentioned like having like uh, someone that you looked up to, like you were over mm -hmm. at their house this is before you're like, I had that too. Like, yeah. I would just go and have dinner with uh, my youth pastor's family and like, you know, mm -hmm. like he would model those things. I'm sure he wasn't thinking about it at the time like, oh, Isaac's going to remember this when he's a yeah. whatever. But like those things are in my mind now because I've seen them. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's really helpful when you get to that point when you're like, okay, I remember when I was a kid and I didn't want to do this, but I see the importance of it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I want to uh, put a note on that too. Like, it's very easy for families to just focus on like, okay, this is our responsibility for our family. And there's a temptation of like, and there's a little level of awkwardness around this too, but you just got to get over it. Like, you know, you mentioned like other families and I, you know, I mentioned that in myself too. Like 
as a family, when you have someone over and you should be as a Christian family, like we talked about hospitality earlier, yeah. like, I think that's part of like responsibility of a Christian is to have, be hospitable to right. those in the body of Christ and those outside. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we have fam- people over for, for dinner, whether it's other couples or, um, other like, like single adults and things like that. Um, we'll, we do the same thing every time after yeah. dinner, we kind of clean up a little bit. And then we go over to the living room and we do family worship. And those people get to, to be a part of that. We ask them if they want to pray for anything. Like they can, they can, you know, if we're acting out, they can be a part of it too, whatever. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it, you know, there's this level of like, it feels awkward, but it's really not. It's just a part of like our everyday routine. You're just here for it. And like, that's a part of like inviting people into feeling like they're a part of the family. Um, and that's what good hospitality I think is, yeah, is like yeah. the, the home continues. It's not different when someone else is there. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you're, you're, it's not a show. And I think that's key too, is like, you don't just do it when people are around, you do it all the time. And those people just happen to be here. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the way that you should view it. Um, yeah. And it's, and, and I think it's good to set that expectation. Like it's not perfect. It's never, it's like, it almost never is like the awesome, exactly what I expect it to be experience. More times it's monotonous or, um, you know, it's, it's work and that's part of provide it's work. It is work. It takes, it takes discipline and determination and intentionality. Um, you mentioned catechisms, like it's the same thing. Like it doesn't just happen. It takes you committing to it. Same thing with family worship. It takes you committing to it. Um, and yes, as the male, you, you lead the charge in that. But the first step in leading the charge in that is making sure that you and your wife are on the same page of those oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I've heard anyway. <laughs> yes, like you have to commit to it together. Um, otherwise, like you know, why are you doing it? Like it's, it's well, family. I, yeah, worship. it also goes into like there's also going to be inconsistencies with teaching as well. Mm-hmm. Like okay, I was told to do this by you know mom, mm-hmm. but dad's telling me to do this. Yeah, which is <laughs> which right. One is, yeah, yeah, and and I think. Um, yeah, one one more note on kind of like the more it's structured, intentional kind of focus on the spiritual aspect. Um, you know, with regards to that, the the family worship, um, it can be really discouraging. You know, hearing people say numbers of like how frequently you should do it or for how long, and like kind of like what you mentioned with every kid is different. Every family is different in some sense. And so how you do it should, should work for your family. And it doesn't stay the same. It looks different as your kids get older. Um, I've already experienced that a little bit. I mean, I've my limited experience with a five-year-old, like even from Ben being three to five, his ability to understand, comprehend and engage is different. And I imagine it will continue because he's not going to be five forever. Most likely. Um, I've met him before. (laughs) Um, and it will take different shapes and it doesn't have to be the pen ultimate example out of the gate. It just has to happen. And as you do it, don't underestimate the power of habit. Um, the power of habit is, is huge and it forms and shapes you. Um, we, we are our habits in some sense. Um, our habits form our character. Um, great book. Uh, I would highly recommend for anybody. Uh, it's been very influential in how Kristen and I structure our home. We don't do everything in that book because, you know, you can't live everything perfectly. But great resource would be Habits of the Household mm-hmm. um, by James Whitmell Early, I think is his last name. Um, but he's just a he's like a lawyer 
and he wrote this book of just like how to lead his home. He's, a, he's just a, a godly, faithful husband and father who is interested in the power of habits. And he talked about how habits shape the home and like highly recommend it. Great, great. And this, it proves this example. It's like, it's not, um, it's not about like, okay, well, I didn't do it. I did it four times out of five times this week that I'm aiming for. Oh my gosh, I failed. Oh, I'm so miserable. You did four. You did four times of family worship when previously you were doing none. That's progress. That means something. And so I think like once you kind of get over that mental hurdle of I'm doing it, it's not about how many times. It's the fact that I did it. And you just look at one day at a time like that. Yeah. Like, okay, we, we did family worship today. It, like, it becomes more routine and habit. And yeah, there are things you can do to create that, that rhythm so it happens a little bit more naturally. So it doesn't take that work and all that stuff. Like That's why we do dinner, move into family worship. Because it's, it's the expected routine and rhythm of our home. That doesn't mean the kids always go along with that. But the more we can create rhythm and habit, the easier it is to do those things. Because there are times where um certain habits like i don't want to do for our home that we have but the kids are driving it now because they know it's an expected habit at this point and i'm thankful for that in a lot of ways because when i am lacking discipline the habit that we've created as a family pulls me along in that um now it takes an incredible amount of work on the front end yeah but there are times where that helps um so I think that's what I would say about like the intentional time of like leading and providing spiritual nourishment in the homes. Like it starts with family worship. Catechizing is another great one, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. No, I think yeah. I interjected my thoughts throughout. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I get everything that I hear is from classes or mm-hmm. like experience. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I agree with everything that you said. I mean, I've experienced that mm-hmm. with having, you know, five siblings. Like, yeah. I know all these things because I've seen them. Yeah. So like, it doesn't shock me that Mm -hmm. these are the things. And Mm -hmm. I mean, also being told, like, I think, I think it's one thing again to be told and then it's another thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so I guess working into that, you can switch now over to like, okay, you said all these things, but like now how do you do those things? You know, like, yeah, I mean, okay. you, You have examples like you have, people leading you but then like you know you don't have to do those things i guess like when it comes down to it you know how do you avoid the laziness side Mm of it um because again with culture like something that is just general across the board with men is just laziness Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know i I only do the things i want to do i'm not nothing more nothing less yeah Mm -hmm. i'm not motivated to do this so i just i can't i can't do it today because the motivation is not there yeah, and I, yeah, that's a. I think we'll we'll dive into that a little bit later. But yeah, I think that's a common. I feel that myself too. Like I don't I don't feel like doing it today, you know. So therefore, I won't I won't do it. Yeah, it's very instinctual and like, um, yeah, just like you your your emotions and your desires are driving you rather than what you know to be true. Um, one other thing I would say too is like neither Kristen or I grew up in a home where like this was modeled for us so like we had no no idea what this is this is supposed to be like and and i think for the longest time that was what was intimidating to me it's like do i do this right forget what right looks like if you open the bible if you pray with one another and you sing that is that like (laughs) it can be more than that for sure 
But no less than that, like, what, what more could you ask for? You're worshiping the Lord through the scriptures, through praying and communing with him, and through worshiping and singing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you're teaching them that's what proper response and communion with God looks like. Um, yeah. And I think, too, like, um, for the, okay, so, like, let me, let me speak to the, the, the man in a situation where I came from, where, like, I didn't have a Christian family to model this off of in a lot of different ways. Um, I had a conversation with one one guy I respected um, early on after becoming a Christian and kind of thinking towards marriage with Kristen and what that might be like. And I had some reservations because I came from a really like (laughs) messed up family in a lot of ways. You know, my my parents marriage ended in divorce in high school. And so like I didn't have a healthy example of what what a Christian marriage looks like. And um the challenge I would give to someone in that situation, or even if it's like, Hey, maybe my parents' marriage was fine, but they just didn't model Christian values and they don't have the same things that I, that I value. They're not Christians they're not believers. Um, that, that, that guy just challenged me. He's like, what a privilege, what an opportunity you get to carve out a legacy of godliness Uh in your family line. Like you get to pave the way. Like that is not a bad thing. Um, yes, that is a, a responsibility, but delight in responsibility. Um, and that just changed it from a daunting task to like, God has set before me a great privilege of like creating a legacy of godliness um, and being faithful to him that can change the trajectory of both of our families in that sense. Um, and so I think, again, just like, just do something. It doesn't matter how frequent or like forget ideal, like just do something. Um the other, so like, you know, after being a parent and like being in a small group, having some younger families or like married couples who are kind of thinking this way, um, or even singles, like asking like, what, you know, what does this look like? How do you, how do you disciple your children is like a, a question I get a lot, um, especially with the younger parents. And I get that, like, that's a good desire. And that's part of it is what we just talked about. The other thing is like, you know, usually when you hear that, you think of these like structured, intentional, like catechism type stuff and like right. the the answers are there's no magic bullet there's no like yeah. secret thing it's like this is the key it's like family worship catechisms help um but the other but the real like thing and we already kind of touched on it a little bit the real um i think where most of that comes in is living it out seizing the everyday and the ordinary moments and pointing them to christ um don't underestimate what a simple car ride can do mm-hmm. like you know, that'd be my encouragement, especially as a parent. like, don't have the, don't have, if you have the ability to play, uh, you know, some kind of show on or, or a movie or something like, and you're just driving around town or have a tablet and they're like, close it and talk to them. Like you have a captive audience for, you know, 15, they 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they have to listen to you, um, engage with them. Um, or like, you know, when, when there's disappointment or, you know, there's hurt, uh, whether physical or emotional, <laughs> um, or just like, yeah, how they, how they handle things or while you're doing stuff, bring them along with you. Yeah. Like, um, you get to teach them, um, about Jesus in those things. Um, you know, one of the things that we tell our boys, like when we're creating things like the table, for example, they love to help. And like, so instead of like pushing them away and saying, Hey, you're in the way, invite them in. I got a picture <laughs> on my phone of Elliot, my middle child using a, a power sander, like sanding That's down cool. the table. It's awesome. You know, is he, is he doing it perfect? No, but he's, you know, whatever. Like, Hey, it, it's, we got a, we got a nice table. Yeah. Hey, he didn't mess yeah, it up. That's right. And <laughs> we get to talk about how like God 
is a creative God. He made things. He has creativity. And like when we make things and build things, we're being like God and creating beautiful, uh-huh. beautiful things. Um, and so don't underestimate the power of ordinary moments. Yeah, yeah. And to kind of emphasize on that, I think uh, Mark Dever talks about that in his mm. book, Discipleship. Yeah. Um, he talks about, I think, I think it was him. He talks about, you know, you're going to the store and this is for me more like you're going to the store, like invite a friend, yeah. like you're going to be there for 40 minutes. You know, you can have a conversation for 40 minutes yeah. with someone. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like just stand there and look down the aisle. Like you'll probably take a little bit longer, but like, what's, what's the problem yeah. with that? Especially for someone like me that has like very little time for mm-hmm. social stuff. That to me was really big. Cause it's like, okay, how can I, uh, take my non-social life and turn mm-hmm. it into something where it's like now I have a ton of opportunities to be more social but not just that but engage with people and you know talk to people and also just disciple along the way um, so speaking more to like single people I mean you could do this mm-hmm. too you could probably like bring okay there's this younger guy who's yeah. just had a kid and like okay I have three then they're not old but like I can help him yeah. like and just invite him to the store like that was the example Mark Dever used I think mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a huge game changer to me because then it's like, okay, what what else can I do with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that goes to, like, you know, we think of, like, oh, I'm going to disciple this other younger believer, and we need to have this Bible study on we're going through the Gospel of John or, yeah. you know, we're going through Romans. Which isn't a yeah. bad thing. Which is not bad. I'm not disparaging that. I will say I've had... Well, I mean, I have matured a little bit, uh, maybe, but, uh, <laughs> like I've had Bible studies where I'm mm-hmm. just like, there's nothing good coming from this. But then I was reminded from someone that's like, okay, you can have like a Bible study, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it, what matters is that you met together mm-hmm. and you, you might not have spent a lot of time reading the Bible, but like you've read the Bible, you're talking, you're engaging. And part of that mm-hmm. is fellowship as well. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, Yeah this is important, mm-hmm. but like what's more important is that you actually took the steps to do that. So mm-hmm. even like when I've led a Bible study and it's like, okay, I feel like this is going terrible. Like we're not, yeah. we're not doing as much as I wanted to. Like all we do is talk. That's not a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. You're, yeah, exactly. You're, you're having a theological conversation. Like you're having sanctifying conversation. And, and I think that was kind of my point is like, you know, we, we always jump to these, like these really like, go through and dive into the word together and pray for one another and like, you know, pour out our souls like before God and like extract everything we can out of the scriptures. And like, yeah, like those are, those are great. That, that, yes, yes. But it, but it is often more of the ordinary things. That's how you disciple older men to younger men, older women to younger women. Um, it's like, I'm building this project or, you know, I'm building this table. Come help me. Like, and let's have conversation together and let's mm-hmm. talk about families. Like we're, we're going to the store or whatever. Like, Hey, I'm going to go to the gun range. You want to come with me? Like, yeah, we're talking as we're going, you know, like whatever, like, or, or, or insert whatever other thing is going on in your life. Like I know for a long time I felt tempted. Like I just, I can't, I'm not discipling anybody. I'm not able to commit that time. And I realized in this season of life, it, it's not going to look like that necessarily that that might come and the, there might be opportunity for that. But discipleship looks more like inviting them into your home and letting them see the gospel lived out just like it is for your children. So as a single person, like my encouragement would be like, you know, you, again, you can do that now. Like, can you do a Bible study with the people who live in your house? Um, you know, create a weekly time, even if it's just once a week, like, you know, worship of the home. Um, 
can you invite yourself into the lives of godly families and say, hey, like, um, also, sorry, I'm going to be a, another soapbox moment oh my here. Gosh. This, like, label of you're my mentor, like, I get why people say that, but I cringe a little bit. Oh, just, I'm sorry. I cringe a little bit, just a little bit. Because, like, I think oftentimes, like, it, most people are innocent in saying that, but I... I don't like the label because it puts so much this expectation on these people and this relationship that it has to be this certain way. And I think it is more organic in a lot of ways. I don't know. I'm, I lean more that way. Would you just say it like, oh, you're just my friend? Um, so like, yeah, I guess like, like how I, would you I, label that? I yeah. Guess. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on this, but like, I'm sure. trying to understand more of that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think like for me, I don't know. It it depends on the relationship. If it truly is like there is this person who I am just clearly not like up to like, you know, up to snuff on whatever I'm trying to get from this person, like in terms of sanctification and like learn from them. Um, maybe there is a little bit more of like a formal teacher type like the aspect. Yeah. Right. Master Padawan. Yeah. Um, but I think more often than not, I think it just sets up this expectation like dude the, like the person doing the discipling is also learning from that other person oh yeah for sure and i think it just sets up this category of like i'm the learner you're the teacher and i think just more life on life um like of a, of a way of categorizing it that like i'm inviting you into my life yeah i'm an older man but like you know the younger man um there might be ways in which god has wired that person that challenges the older man um, or, or the person who is doing the discipling. Right. And I don't know. I just, I think that, um, I just don't like the label as much. I, and I, I, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that goes. Well, I think it fits for, for something. So for me, it always feels weird when I say that too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I don't really know what else mm-hmm. to call it, but like, you know, yeah. this is what it looks like. Yeah. So like when you use the word, you're just mm-hmm. like, okay. And like, um, yeah, it's the best thing that describes it, I yeah. guess. But you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think I just I like um, I look at like o- older men. You know, like I kind of using <laughs> very basic, rudimentary biblical language, right? But like um, the the guy I mentioned um, who gave me that challenge, like you can carve out a legacy of godliness. Like he was a a guy um, who leads a ministry that I served on for a summer, and you know we've had multiple conversations over that summer. Um, but a lot of it was more of like, you know, just in passing a couple in, like intense conversations, but also just live, living there and seeing how he led that ministry. And then other people who are a part of that ministry being in their homes. And like I was discipled by them by being in proximity to them. But to ascribe this like, I just feel like it puts so much pressure and expectation. Like we got to meet so much so frequently, so often talk about certain things and like i think it's just again like um someone who yeah has made a a significant impact in my life you know that's kind of the way i look at it um that might not be the most fair example because the guys i'm talking about like again i didn't have a huge personal like the the person you're referring to is someone who is present in your life for multiple years like these guys you know i i see infrequently um but every time i do like you know I'm reminded of their impact on my life. And when we talk like, you know, that they, they knew me when I was 19 years old yeah, and now and I'm thir- and now I'm 30 with three kids. And like, you know, it's just, it's different. Um, you know, and they're older too. Their kids are all grown. Like, 
you know, it's just, it's different. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm not to disparage that. Cause I think it does fit in some situations, but I think just to, and I think Mark Dever even talks about it in that book is just like, don't put this label on it, but rather just like see it as a relationship. It is uh-huh. a type of relationship that you have where this person is, um, encouraging you towards godliness and yeah. growth. And I think the, the, I think when I'm thinking about it, I said thing through okay, anyway. Um, I think when you put a label on something, it more runs the risk of like, now this person is someone you're putting on a pedestal. So mm-hmm. then there's like obligations or like things that they're thinking about mm-hmm. when you do that. But then also what, what does that do? Ultimately it kind of like shifts, you know, who is supposed to be in charge of your life. Like you're supposed mm-hmm. to be looking to Christ, not this yeah. other person. The reason you're attracted to that person or like following what they do mm-hmm. is because of their example that they're setting in yeah, Christ. But what happens when you put someone on a pedestal, mm-hmm. you're looking at that person, then yeah. not Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it kind of goes back to just in general, like, um, I, I share this often with like people in small groups and things like that. Um, you know, who's in charge of your own growth and godliness? You are, you know, people, uh, sorry, I get another soapbox here, but like no, it's fine. people will, I'm, you know, and I, and I understand why they do this and I, and I want to share this, um, respectfully and yeah. caringly, but also challenge the thinking a little bit. I just don't feel like we're being fed here or I don't feel like we're being poured into here or we're just not being discipled well. And I, I get what they're saying get what they're saying um and so like they're, they're saying like hey we have maybe made some connections there's no older couple pouring into me uh-huh. here or an older person who's mentoring me um and therefore like i'm not learning i'm not growing um and so either we'll go to a different small group or we'll go to a different church is usually the answer um and you know you have to ask uh, usually in that conversation i ask like you know do you feel like you've given it the best effort to belong to the community here do you feel like you've sought those out yourself or have you expected people to come to you at that point i'm not i i've accepted i'm not going to change their mind they've already made up their mind Mm -hmm. but more of just like for the next person so that they don't have to be in the same situation and and to like encourage them like how they ought to think about their own growth and godliness but you know have you made it an effort to love the church have you made it an effort to serve and to be a part of the community to be a insert yourself in the life of those other people that you're right in community with um you know the the uh, the the attitude behind that comment though is the church and its people exist to like me be a consumer uh-huh and gr- be spoon-fed how to be a good Christian right. and to grow in discipleship. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility to teach me. It's your responsibility to see me grow in my faith. Imagine being face to face with Jesus at the end of your life and telling him that, well, I didn't grow. Why, why were you, why are you not more like me? Well, because the church I was a part of didn't do a better job of discipling me. Do you think he's going to accept that answer? I imagine like a little, this is, this is my creativity. I just imagine like a little like button where you just like drop down on the floor. It's like, I don't accept that. Like, but like, think uh, about that for a minute. Like imagine saying that what you're saying to that other person, imagine saying that to Jesus, I'm not a more faithful Christian 
because of the people that you placed in my life didn't do a better job of teaching me to be a better Christian. Uh-huh. No, like everyone will stand before the Lord at the end of eternity and give account for their life and all the decisions that they have made. And if you're in Christ, that there's no fear of condemnation in that. Praise God. But we are called to be like Christ on our own. You mentioned it. Paul says, imitate me as what? As I imitate Christ. Right. And so ultimately, like, yes, those people are trying to pursue Jesus. They're not responsible for your sanctification. You are. You are. They are a gift from God to aid yeah. in that pursuit. But they're not responsible for it in that, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a responsibility to be faithful in doing those things. But they're not held accountable for your lack of sanctification. Yeah, yeah. you are. And it all it all circles back around to like this. We mentioned this at the beginning, but like, are you taking responsibility mm. for what was going on? Yeah. And then also laziness. <laughs> yeah. Are are you? Are, you mentioned consumer, and then it's also like a fact of like you know, the consumer is automatically like this is what I deserve. Yeah, it's all take and no give. And it's just like, okay, well, let's put you on the flip side. Like, okay, someone comes up to you and says that. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to blame it on the other person. Yeah. Like, well, this is your yeah. fault because you're not mm-hmm. seeking this out. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that. But, you know, yeah. I think what you said about going back and asking questions like, you know, have you done everything mm-hmm. that you can? You know, making sure that, you know... Not just your conscience is clear, but then also like their conscience mm-hmm. is clear. And like thinking mm-hmm. about, okay, is there anything that I can do to help them with this decision? Have mm-hmm. they already made it? Like diagnostic things like that. But then ultimately like pointing them back to Christ, like the right mm-hmm. direction. Like, okay, yeah, sure. You might not be poured into, but yeah. like, do you stay at service? Do you leave right mm-hmm. after? Like, do you engage with people? Consistent and All these yeah. things like are you actually present in the church? Yeah. Or are you just like yeah. meeting the bare minimum? We've talked about that. And, and, and that's minimum. not to say that the people who say that always have that oh, pattern. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, For sure. You know, this they, is the soapbox. Right. Thing. Right. Exactly. So like, I, I want to be careful to say that too. Like, it's not like every person who says that is in this situation, but I think it's not to be taken lightly. Um, and you know, the, the things that you just mentioned and you know, we mentioned are not uncommon. In those situations, usually the person who feels that is a person who's not embedded in the community and they're not embedded in the community because maybe they're not as present or like you said, they're not engaged when they are present um, and they haven't made it an effort. And again, they see themselves as like, it's the victim mentality. I'm a victim of people not doing what they're, what I believe they ought to be doing rather than how have I been taking responsibility for my involvement in this. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there are situations where that's true and like, hey, this, this is just not a good fit. And I've seen that too. And it's played out fine. Um, and so I'm not just, you know, and, and I try to take away from that as well, like as a small group leader at our church, like um, this is an opportunity for me to evaluate and assess how have I done as a shepherd yeah. of their souls while they were here. For sure. Um, you know, as an, as an under shepherd of under shepherds yeah. of under shepherds, of yeah, probably yeah, yeah. under shepherds, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we're all given the responsibility too to like, yeah. you know, lead others towards Christ. You know, what is, yeah. uh, what is God's will for your life? Those things, like everybody has that responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously get like stronger callings, like, okay, if you're a pastor, that's a little bit elevated for you. Not to say that they're higher or mm-hmm. more sanctified than you, but like, more of like okay they're more they're gonna give that that account to god more than you are who's just you know not to say that's not less important but 
you still have an obligation because you're given this role. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, kind of to put a neat bow on all the all the provider ideas here, yeah. but like we think about work, like it t- it takes like sacrifice. Um, it t- it t- yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, and so first like, time hearing about yeah, this. Yeah, it, t- it it takes you seeing yourself as responsible and then taking ownership over that responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I I should have looked up the quote. I have it written down just because I remember hearing it so much. And so this is definitely a paraphrase, and I'm probably missing something. I don't know who said it originally, so I apologize. But one uh, pastor I heard say uh, fairly frequently um, was that like masculinity to be a godly man is the glad assumption of responsibility. And mm-hmm. I would maybe, and it might even be in the original quote, but I would even add like the glad assumption of sacrificial yeah. responsibility. Um, because this requires, sac- all these things we've talked about up to this point require sacrifice of you. Yeah as one taking responsibility for those things to do family worship, you know, to do, uh, like bring your kids into teaching them how to do things or doing things with you requires you to sacrifice the expediency of being able to do that thing or sacrifice the time that would be available to you to do other things that maybe you're interested in. And you have to die to yourself and say, I'm not going to do that now because this other thing is more important at this time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility, quote unknown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Okay. So you said we're putting the bow on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like that provider, um, idea. And like, you know, you could take that same concept for protector and they're just kind of looking at protector here, but like you, you even mentioned it. Um, when we look at Adam in the garden, sorry, now we're jumping way back. No, no, it's good. Like, it's good. Deep dive and then jump back, uh, resurface. But Back to Genesis 2.15, you know, it talks about like keeping it or watching over it, um, guarding it, even we mentioned. And okay, that's a 2.15. Look down at, you know, 3.9. What happens there? Like, okay, they've sinned, they've eaten of the fruit. And the Lord God called the man and said to him, He holds Adam responsible. Yeah. But and and oh man, there's just so much work, yeah. so much at work in in how we Satan, should have just done a Genesis Satan podcast. In, what yeah, are we even seriously, doing? Satan intentionally targets the woman to un upend and reverse the roles that God has created. Yeah. He knows, like Adam is the leader, and so he goes to Eve. And and so again, like this is before even all that happens, Adam has failed in some sense, um, but. Again, kind of looking at our lens here, like protector, what does it mean to be a protector of, of uh, as a man of the home or another other context we talked about? Okay, we talk about physically, right? Like, again, ensure the safety of your family. You protect them from those who wish to do them physical harm. You remove threats. You mitigate risks. You know, you defend them. You, you pick a, a safe place to live. Um, Hopefully. Right? You got locks on the doors. Maybe if you're of a certain persuasion, you own a few firearms, you know, that kind of thing, whatever. Um, But, you know, okay, like, that's where most guys stop. Check. All right, I did it. I'm a protector. We got more here. You know, like, okay, what does it mean protecting emotionally? Um, you're, You're leading and shielding them from emotional harm. Oftentimes, that's not external. You're protecting them from yourself. Yeah. You want to you want to get real for a minute. Like that that is your own sinfulness 
is one of the most threatening things to your family. I would add, you know, if I had to, if I had to order it, it would probably be your own sinfulness, one A, and then one B. You could flip flop them, but like spiritual warfare, like Satan and his his demons, like we don't think that way very often, but like he's trying to undo the home. Oh yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's trying to undo it. And so like you protecting them, like shielding them from emotional harm. And so, you know, are you harsh with your words? Are you tearing them down? Are you tearing the, you know, you're, you know, for single people, like are you, are you tearing down your roommates and the people around you at work and you making them feel small and diminishing them? Um, you know, you, knowing also just kind of thinking through like as a father and a husband, like, do you know what is appropriate for your children to handle emotionally? Mm-hmm. You know, um, we haven't had to deal with this, but once so far, but like, how did they handle, how do you handle explaining like, um, relational conflict or death in the family? You know, how do you walk through that with them? How much do you need to tell them, um, about certain things that they really need to handle and know? Also, there's a level of like, gossip versus what's really needed for them to know but for sure for that, sure that's a different discussion but even just like hey th- you know it's not wrong for them to know but are they able to handle this mm-hmm. you know protecting them from those things and waiting intentionally till the time is right um protecting them from lies being led by emotions is a big one um you know like are we are we allowing their emotions and their motivations and desires to drive their behavior um rather than what they know to be true and right, um, protecting them from those lies. Um, and again, like protecting them like emotionally, like is the home a refuge, is a place where they can bring their doubts, their questions, their fears without fear of being rejected Yeah. Um, or looked down upon or made to feel small. Um, that's part of like creating a warm environment in the home, like you're protecting them from like those those things and you're allowing them to be safe here um yeah i don't know if you have any thoughts there but we can keep going no i think that's great um what i think we should do now i think i kind of like we'll end that conversation if that's okay with you Mm um yeah we there's a lot of more stuff that we want to add again like we kind of shifted a little bit to more of like character qualities a little Mm -hmm. bit in general um, I kind of want to switch modes a little bit, but with that being said, we'll we'll end this right here, mm-hmm. and then we'll pick back up at a later said date or time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, this is I liked this conversation. So yeah, that's know, good. I yeah, that's all I have to say. Be a man. Listen to everything. <laughs> Listen to everything. Um. Until next time, we'll we'll pick it up there. All right. All right. Have fun. Peace.